the dead and lovely. There it is. They're the family. <laughs> what? So, welcome, Dead and Lovely listeners, <laughs> to the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, your favorite horror movie review podcast in all the land, where just a second, myself, Uncle Ben, and my lovely co-host over there, Dollywood Steve, Hello. we were just talking about that really great song at the outro of the Adams Family Values by Tag Team. Uh-huh. That was kind of like Whoop There It Is, except they really just shoehorned the Adams Family into what was, you know, previously... Uh, taken by the word whoop. Uh-huh. Whoop. The Adams Family. There, there it is. is. It's a lot of extra syllables to be cramming in, tag team. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great one. <laughs> How you been doing this week, Steve? Man, I've been doing pretty great. What's been up? Oh, man. A whole bunch and not a whole bunch. Tight. Like, just regular old everyday stuff. Um, But also, went out to see a, a show. Yeah, night. yeah. What kind of show? I saw a little band called Skank Banger. You saw yourself a Skank Bang? I did. I saw Davy Stranger himself. No way. Mm-hmm. A real Davy Stranger real sighting. Real live Davy Stranger, saying weird shit and making rednecks uncomfortable. Was he really hot? He was. He was hot as hell. Was he coming on to all the dudes? All the dudes, and and nobody was getting it. <laughs> <laughs> My wife Did asked me afterwards, uh, she said, do you think anybody, was it just so loud or because we were wearing earplugs that whenever Ben would say a joke, I was the only one laughing? Right. <laughs> um, and it was, it was really funny because it was like you would say something hilarious and it would be the two of us like, <laughs> yeah. and everybody else is just like, what is happening? Play Van Halen. So, I don't understand. One of the first times that we played... Um, my my co-guitar player in the band mm-hmm. Ashley Licks. Yep, saw him licking he, it up. He happened to be in the bathroom after the show taking a piss, mm-hmm. and he was on his way out, and he overheard these dudes in the bathroom talking, and they went, "Yeah, that band tonight's pretty good. I think that one on the ends of gay though." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they would think that. Did yeah. you enjoy the show? Man, it was fucking awesome. It was a real great time. There was, uh, it was not my type of crowd necessarily. <laughs> what do except, you mean? Except that literally any type of crowd when they're drunk enough is my type of crowd. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, those aren't the type of people I would normally, I guess, find myself hanging out with. But boy, they were fun when they were drunk. <laughs> Just, There's some good people watching happen at a skate banger show. Hell yeah. Some like 40-year-olds reliving their past. Like I'm telling you, dude. Some young 20-year-old girls just loving hair metal. And ma- making me Absolutely. understand in the 80s that that wasn't some overblown shit that no, hair it, metal bands were. It works. It works. Women it works. love hair metal bands. It's really, really something <laughs> else, man. Women it's really crazy. love a dude that, that looks like a lady. That's interesting. I don't know. I mean, it, it was a real cool crowd. Uh, had fun time. I assume that most of you guys that are listening know that I I play as my alter ego, Davy Stranger, in a hair metal cover band called Skank Banger, and yeah. all all that we do is like Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, just fun stuff. Kiss, all, you yeah, did Motley Crue. We we licked it up a little uh-huh. bit. We lead afforded you a little bit. Uh-huh. I believe you also sang some uh, uh, The Cure. Little Robert I might Smith. have. Uh-huh. There, that's that's one of like Davy's things on stage. Uh-huh. Is like. 
he will transpose love song like da 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 He will transpose that into any key that the song is in, just to make that part of his solo. That's awesome. And everybody, everybody else in the band is like, no man, no. <laughs> like it, it's seriously the most fun I have ever had playing in a band. It's yeah, the, it it's looks like best. a blast. It's, the it's, fucking it's best. a real fun time to watch. Too, oh man, so. and I, I just love that that everybody in the band is so committed to to character and yeah. the show it's like i've played in other bands where we've done little little fun things like this you know for a show or two and it's like i'm always a guy that goes like a hundred and fucking fifty percent yeah but in this band it's like oh man i've got to step it up because everybody else is a hundred everybody else is a character yeah yeah <laughs> nobody breaks character everything's it's awesome intense. it's so fun I'm glad you had yourself a good time, yeah, man. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I'm glad you had yourself a good time. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, man. It's been a extremely busy, extremely busy fucking time because we recorded a double header, so it's been two weeks since we recorded, mm-hmm. and in the in the time since then, things have been really, really, really intense. Especially on my end, things have been super, super busy. Yeah, I just flew back from Utah, and boy, are my arms tired. They look it. <laughs> They're just down at your side. You're not using them at all. No, huh? They're, they're gone. Noodle. Goners. Uh-huh. So the night before that Skankbanger show, I just got back from Utah filming uh-huh. a highly in-depth, comprehensive, heavy metal guitar lesson package for Musician's Toolkit. Aimed specifically at polygamists. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Heavy metal for polygamists, it's called. <laughs> And it was it was a great time. It was a lot of fun. Salt Lake City is beautiful. We, I think we've it got is. a couple of dead and lovely listeners out that way as mm-hmm. well. And uh, I gotta say, man, y'all are in a pretty tight spot. Your beer is watery, though. It's I, I think three point two percent is the max. Or Four something? is the max. Four is the yeah. max. Yeah, I think that it, I think that that must have gotten recently upgraded because yeah. it used to be like three point two. Mm-hmm. But I went to the grocery stores, and I was really stoked because I was like, oh man, there's tons of beers I don't recognize. And then I'd pick one up and it'd be like 4%. Yeah. You They're know? all session IPAs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I have some pretty good ones out there. Yeah, no, good. they taste great. They're Man, just, alive. Like, you gotta I, drink like 12 to. Yeah, dude. Like, I never I never put a dent in myself once because mm-hmm. it's just impossible when you're drinking stuff that light. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was a good time. It was a really, really beautiful place. It is. But I'll tell you, Steve, on the way home, I got to tell you a couple things. I came up with. Two things I want to talk about. Oh, what? Let's hear it. For one, on the flight, I watched The Goonies. For the first time? For the first time. In your entire life? In my entire life, I had never seen The Goonies. Wow. I felt like I absorbed a lot of it just through pop culture and yeah. stuff. Um, but I had actually never watched that movie from start to finish. So you didn't get the part in Ready Player One when The Goonies played the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> <laughs> you, were like, dun, 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 you were like, oh, it's just kids playing the Harlem Globetrotters. That's fine. <laughs> you know, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's, I know it's one of those movies that like everybody is just plumb AP about. Yeah. They I, haven't seen it in a long time, I don't think. Well, I, I really do think that it must be one of those movies that like if you didn't like grow up with it, yeah. it might not be your thing. Um, I enjoyed it very much, but I, I didn't really get those gigantic nostalgia blossoms that I think people that watched it when yeah. they were kids did. Yeah, it's, I mean, um, I saw it a lot as a kid and I loved it. Yeah. As an adult, I've seen it and I've just been like, hey, it doesn't hold up. 
I don't think uh, I don't think it's bad. No, huh? it's fun. It just doesn't hold up to what you remember it being as a child. Of course, it's a whimsical adventure. Yeah, it really is, and it's got Thanos in it. He does have Thanos himself. Yeah, more on tied him, to a chair. More on him later, <laughs> as we go along. But I did find that interesting. But it was fun. You know, the thing about that movie uh, that I think kind of like pulled me out of it a little bit. It's so brown. It is. It's real brown. Like every yeah. the color is just so muted. I feel like the late seventies to early eighties were just a brown time. Everything was brown or gray. Like, there was like more gravy smog colors. back then, I'm sure. So maybe it was. Probably so. But it's just like I feel like everything was various shades of gravy back then. Fifty shades of gravy. Fifty shades of gravy. <laughs> oh man. You imagine I want that, that book. I want that. Mashed potatoes tying you up. <laughs> Smacking your ass. Tying up a Salisbury Pouring steak. Pouring gravy all over you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what. On the plane rides, I also figured out, Steve, my top three list mm-hmm. of things that irritate me on plane trips. Oh, let's hear them. Okay. Now, I'm obviously borrowing, like, TSA. Yeah, I mean, that everybody has to deal with that. Because that whole shakedown is some bullshit. It is some bullshit, and it doesn't protect us. It's the theater no. of safety. Yeah, uh, yes. Precisely. Have you ever gotten the full TSA massage? No, I haven't. Oh, I have. Oh, so how'd it one, go? Um, it was in it was in Boston. Uh huh. It was flying out of Boston. And wait, were you the marathon bomber? I was not the marathon bomber. Uh-huh. No, okay. I was not. All right. But I was wearing a a Thor's hammer necklace. Okay. You know the the, the yeah, Thor's yeah. hammer. And um. It's 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 somewhat unfortunate because like my my entire like family lineage is all Nordic and uh-huh. stuff like this and I think that's cool and I've always loved Nordic mythology. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. Yeah, I think it, it's it's comic books for ancient people. Yeah, yeah. So I was wearing a Thor's hammer necklace and like these people pulled me aside and were giving me like the full up and down massage and like asking me like why are you wearing that necklace? Okay. Because unfortunately like I guess some white power organizations Of course they do. Of course fucking yeah. use that as or similar or whatever mm-hmm. which is fucking bullshit. Uh, really makes me upset. But apparently that's why I got the full fucking stroke over from top to bottom. Yeah. I didn't get this I didn't get that this time but I did come across my top three things that irritate me. Again barring TSA. So, barring TSA. Number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that sits in the window seat uh-huh. that is constantly fiddling with the window uh, blind going up and down yeah, all the time. It's like, are we still in the air? Yeah, we're still in the air. Yep, still up there. Did we land? No, we didn't land. Yeah, it fucks with you, especially if it's like during the day because you get used to the ambient light level. Exactly. And then they keep raising it up and fucking bright light in your face and then lowering it down. Bright and light, like you gotta light. get Yeah, bright light, bright light. Then you somebody spills water on you. <laughs> and you multiply. Shit goes crazy. <laughs> I'm a I'm a plain sleeper. Like yeah, I'm I am a, not. Dude, I'm a person that as as we said, I think maybe even last week, I will fall asleep anywhere anytime. Mm-hmm. But there's something especially about the white noise of the plane yeah. and the gentle rocking back and oh, forth. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Plus the fact that because I'm a broke-ass musician, usually I take flights in the early-ass morning and stuff oh, like course, that. Of course, yeah. I sleep like a fucking baby on planes. I wish I could. I can't sleep. Dude. I can't sleep anywhere where I'm sitting upright. Really? Yeah, because I, I, um, uh, I have sleep apnea. Oh, I have to wear that's a sleep, right. Sleep apnea. That's and the reason right. is... 
that I have a deviated septum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if my head is leaning forward, I'm it's getting over. no oxygen. No. Yeah, so if I do fall asleep like that, it usually ends with me going... <laughs> <laughs> waking up because I'm like tr trying to breathe. That sucks, man. Yeah, it's the worst. My wife sleeps just fine on a plane though, so it's me just sitting there in yeah. silence. <laughs> oh, that sucks. So well, it's like while I'm like trying to sleep, and then this guy's fiddle faddling with the fucking, mm -hmm. you know, blinds on the on the on the window. It's really fucking pissed me off. So he's number one. Number two, neck pillows. Oh. They don't do anything for you. It just pisses me off to see. Yeah. Them. Don't get me wrong. It's like again, as a plane sleeper. Uh huh. You can see why they might be useful. I can totally see why. I've never gotten it. Like I can't find the right angle to lay on them. I've never for it used to one. Oh, I've never okay. even used one. <laughs> but dude, it's not specifically using them. It's the people that are like already wearing them while they're standing in line. Yeah, because you don't want to forget it. I think is why. Because my we have one, and. Usually what we'll do yeah. is, is take a, the little ends and, and put it onto our bag. Exactly. Instead of putting it on our neck. Yes. Because that's weird. I know. It's like you're just yeah. standing there being like, I can't wait to fall asleep on my own shoulder. <laughs> oh. It's going to happen about, as soon as I sit down. And then it's like even In while people seat. are like exiting the plane and they're still wearing it. And it's just yeah. like, dude, fucking take it off. Yeah, dude. I think they're just thinking... Because I, I don't I've I've flown a lot. Yeah. You get you get certain patterns when you've flown a lot. Maybe they haven't ever flown before. And yeah. They don't know. Like, they don't know they're pissing me off. They probably. don't know that they're pissing a lot of us off. I don't know why, but it's one of those things that just irrationally makes me mad. If number three is people taking their shoes off. Oh no. Number three <laughs> is the goddamn motherfucking pieces of shit people. That as soon as the plane fucking lands and you uh, hear the beep over the intercom, they stand up and pull their suitcase out. Uh-huh. Even though they're like in the back of the plane. Yeah, and you're not though, getting anywhere. Dude, it makes me so yeah. fucking mad to see these people. Yeah, as someone who's flown in the back of the plane most times me I've too. flown. Same. Yeah. You just what wait. What are you doing? What are you, you doing? You just wait. Because you can stand. I mean, I guess I get it if your legs are tired from sitting down or. But they sleepy. grab their suitcases like, and they just yeah. stare down the aisle like, "When can I sprint?" <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck you, dude. It's never gonna work for you. No, it never does. Well, and then, the, like the second you think you're gonna go, the old lady gets out to grab her bag, and you're yeah. just as delayed as you were before. You're getting nowhere fat. No. Yeah. And it's like you know, you know how fucking planes work. Right. Like you disembark from the fucking front. It's like the people yeah. the people in the front always get off before the people they're in the not, back. They're not gonna deploy those inflatable rafts on the back for you to just slide down. No, dude. <laughs> you gotta wait. There is something about that that just makes my blood boil every single time. <laughs> and it's like, dude, calm down. You're not getting off the plane like immediately. No. Just fucking chill out. God, it drives me crazy. Chill to the max, man. Come on. So after I got back from my from my good old time in Utah, uh, I happened to go see an Avenger. God damn it. My wife and I were going to go see it on Friday during the day. And um, my wife and I are night owls. She slept. Yeah, she same. slept through it. So, Dude. <laughs> and we didn't have time to go see it later. I'm not, I want to see it so bad. I'm not going to talk about it uh -huh. because it just came out. Maybe maybe after you see it, maybe in a week or so or yeah, something like that, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it on the show. Um, it's fucking phenomenal. Like my okay. man, my man Andy Wood, like he put it really well. He said that 
It is the comic book equivalent of Return of the King. Oh, okay. And it's completely true. That's exactly how I'd expect it. Because like yeah. everybody was talking about how hard it will be to bring all, all these stories dude. and characters together. But like, yeah, they Return really of the King it. does it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's, it's that same deal where it's like you've got so many characters and they're uh-huh. all in different places and they're all doing different things. Yeah. But it somehow, they fucking did it. Like really, if you guys listening haven't seen it yet, it is one of those things you just fucking have to see in the theaters. Um, again, no spoilers or anything like that. I won't, I won't break anything down too deep here, but it really is fucking amazing. Some of the most unbelievable CGI ever. And and again, even even to go back to the Lord of the Rings comparison, uh-huh. Josh Brolin as Thanos, yeah, which is of course like a completely CGI character. I think the last time that I watched a CGI character and I forgot I was watching a not real thing was like Gollum. Okay. Yeah. Like Josh Brolin as Thanos is basically like Gollum level. Like I huh. forget that I'm not watching a real thing. That's awesome. It's incredible. It really, really, really is. So definitely, definitely go see it. Yeah. And on my way right now. Oh. See you later. Oh, okay. Bye. Uh, see you all next week. <laughs> <laughs> So, another thing, too, that I'll put out there is that I, on my travels, got hooked on a podcast that you were just talking about on our Tusk episode. What it was. Raised by TV. Hell yeah. They, they just started their second season, so I just was re-listening. Really? To, yeah, yeah. Oh, sick. Uh, you may have been listening to their second. Did you listen to I'll this? I'll start from the top. You started from just the first episode. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Man, such a great show. Uh, it's wonderful. I wonderful. love I love John Gabris. I love Lauren Lapkus. They're both fucking hilarious. Absolutely. And they both are talking about... I, I think they're right around our age. Yeah, like, it seems that way. Yeah, so they're both just talking about stuff that I remember every bit of it. Dude, everything <laughs> so they talk awesome. about. Like, dude, I think if you're going to just listen to one episode, listen to their episode about commercials. Yeah, the commercials dude, was great. I remembered yeah. literally everything <laughs> that so, they talked about. It's so crazy when people remind you of stuff from that time and you're like holy like it's stuck in your brain it's Dude. there in the back of your head and then they bring it back up it's and wild. it's like what the fuck yeah and that, that's the thing to me that's so nuts about like listening to that show and listening uh-huh. to them like reminisce about the same shit that we talk about yeah. all the time too is like I'll be with my family and they'll be like hey do you remember when your uncle Tom fucking died and I'll be like no not no. really but then they're like, I remember you get caught up in the crossfire. Fire. And you're like, crossfire. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I remember that clear as fucking day. Like, what is the matter with us? Man, that stuff was, that was made it to was be important. remembered. That's and what it was for. It's shocking how well it worked. Yeah. Like the ad wizards that came up with that shit that was targeted towards marketing to kids. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. Your, your uncle, uh, Ronnie, dying... Uh, I mean, nobody 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 talks about it much afterwards. There was no jingle. It's not like your family sits around for uh, months and like every I don't say I don't know like during a kid's cartoon a thon on Saturday morning you'd maybe see the Crossfire commercial fifteen times. Yeah, totally. It's not like one Saturday morning your mom brings up your uncle dying fifteen times. (laughs) (laughs) There's that. Maybe the the sheer (laughs) repetition of it all was. Perhaps pretty important. I mean, thank God your mom didn't. Because, like, can you imagine that? <laughs> pretty, if I remember that as uh-huh. clearly as I remember, like, the theme song yeah. Step by Step, 
then maybe I would be a way <laughs> fucked up individual. You I don't know. Would. But it's it's amazing. Go listen to Raised by TV. It's yeah, really it's fantastic. I want to say one more thing. Go. It's not even relevant here or there. Oh, cool. But it, it happened right before I left for my flight. Listen to the new A Perfect Circle album. How'd that go? It's a pile of shit. Okay. I hate it so much. Okay. Did you ever listen to Perfect Circle? Yeah. I Well, I've uh, listened to that first album a million times. Mirror Noms. Yeah. I've, it's one of the greatest records of all it time. It is. Yeah. Like, I, to yeah. me, that is a near fucking perfect I listened to that the first time, the day it released, and I think I listened to it like 20 times in a row. Just It's and, unbelievable. And it still comes up. I still listen to it on my iTunes yeah. all the time. I maintain that like if that record came out today... It'd still be great. It wouldn't sound dated. Like, no. P- that came out in what 2098 I believe or 99 no. maybe was it was it 2000 really? it may have been I think give it's us a 2000. fact check give us a fact check yeah. on there but it's like I maintain that even though that record is like probably at least old enough to fuck by now uh huh I even maintain on like a production standpoint like if that record came out today nobody would be like oh this sounds like it came out fucking 18 years ago it's absolutely incredible and 13th yeah. Step is really cool too yeah 13th Step is really good Emotive sucks and then they went 14 years without making an album. Uh-huh. And this new one that they just put out is a fucking pile of garbage. It's horrible, Well, dude. let's hope that that doesn't uh, bode any way on the Tool album Jesus. that's supposedly coming out. It has me worried. It All legit right. has me worried. I mean, it's I don't know. So I mean, bad. Maynard doesn't take the creative control in A Perfect Circle. He, yeah. He really just does vocals. Well, and apparently not really so much in Tool either. Like, apparently Adam Jones writes a lot of yeah. the lyrics and stuff, yeah. too. So it's like, I don't know how much say he has really in, in either one. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. Like, Maynard's vocals are really good on the new Perfect they Circle. Maynard's amazing. Yeah. fucking amazing. Um, and the production's really good. But, dude, the songs are just fucking bullshit. Like, yeah. it's probably about, like, three songs in before you even hear a discernible guitar. Like, oh. so much of the record is, like moody emotional middle-aged man piano seriously <laughs> like most of the record sounds like death cab for cutie oh okay and well, i don't like that. i'll probably love that i don't you know how that. emo i am <laughs> steam uh, scars that you <laughs> gave me <laughs> um it came out in 2000 by the way <laughs> so yeah i just wanted to put that out there because it really yeah. did make me so very mad but that's upsetting you know this is something that is kind of relevant because we talked about how we were going to talk about it last week on our show here i did watch a quiet place holy shit dog let's chat let's chat let's dish girl all right so what did you think of it first impressions like what 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 was your overall feeling about it i think that it is certifiably okay it is okay i think that it's okay like I i get why people who maybe don't go in for horror movies love it exactly yeah yes i get why horror movie fans might appreciate it Mm -hmm. i don't get why people love it so much no um i'll i'll go ahead and lead with the positive yeah there's a lot of positive i think um i emily blunt's fantastic Mm -hmm. she's very very good yes she is i love the fact that it was an original concept that Mm -hmm. it wasn't a remake or a sequel or anything like that And I will say overall... Though in some ways you could say it's much like Signs. Um, yeah, it, it is kind of a big soup of Signs. Plus, like, I'll even I'll even toss in a dial M for Murder by Hitchcock uh-huh. about the blind lady, you yeah. know? Um, sensory deprivation horror 
yeah. is, is a thing. It's like we get that with movies I would say like Descent Don't Breathe. Kind of falls into that because there's exactly. so much dark. Yes, you exactly. Not, you don't get to see much, but it plays well. Exactly. In, in that you don't know what's happening just yeah. as much as because the our senses are a slice of our vision of reality. Yeah. I don't mean vision as in sight. I mean mm-hmm. it is our all that we you have. You mean Paul Bettany? Precisely, yeah. our Paul Bettany of reality. <laughs> But you know, it's like having any of your senses deprived from you if you're used to having them. Yeah, is um, uh, could be a very horrific experience, I should imagine. And I like the fact that it is original in that yeah. regard. And, and P.S. You know, the movie's been out for like three weeks or so. By the time this airs, we're probably gonna spoil some stuff on here. If you yeah. don't want to hear it, then just skip ahead until yeah. we start quizzing ourselves and stuff here. But yeah, I just want to put that out there. So the good about that is, it, it, are those things to me. The originality, mm-hmm. Emily Blunt, and um, the other thing I would say is that it's a unique experience sitting in that movie in the theaters where everybody is so conscious yeah. of how much sound that they are making. Yeah. Because much of the movie is silent. Man, let, just real quick uh, story about that. Yeah. Uh, my wife uh, is uh, what one might call thrifty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So of course she brings her own food. Oh yeah, to the movie theater. Oh, I do the same thing all the time. And booze. in I this case, booze. she also brought her own booze. Yeah, <laughs> and she had it wrapped in like three shopping bags before we left. And I was like, "Holy shit! Leave the shopping bags behind." Y'all paranoid. <laughs> Damn. It was, it was mostly because the flask had been been in the freezer, and she didn't want stuff to get wet in her Sweating bag. It. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so she starts opening stuff as the yeah. movie starts. Thinking, oh, it'll get loud in a little bit, mm-hmm. and then I'll like pull stuff out. Yeah, but it never gets loud. No, it never does. So you're like so conscious, like because I'm sitting there eating some peanut butter M and M's, and every time I chew, I'm like, does everybody hear this? Yeah. Well, it's like being in like a live ASMR video. Yes, it's much <laughs> like that, like real life. Yeah. <laughs> the whispering, the crinkling, the crunching, everything. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. So I was um. It was kind of a crazy day that we saw it because I was in the studio all day working on Andy Wood's new record, which uh-huh. is coming along awesome. And I met up with Kate and a couple of our friends in the theater, including our friend Brooke. Okay. Who was absolutely shit-faced in the theater. That's awesome. I mean... It's fun. Shit house. It's always fun to have that friend in the movie theater Dude, who is so drunk. Smashed. <laughs> And it's like in that in that movie where everything is so quiet, so quiet, and so, just so drunk silent. ass. Like, oh, dude, what's man. happening, dude? It was seriously, and it was like it was like the camera angle would change. She'd be like, <gasps> <laughs> like it was it was pretty intense. Those trees look different now. Yeah, dude, it's like the wind blew. Oh, so I will say that it is a. Um, it's a unique experience seeing it in the theater, mm. seeing so many people being so conscious about how much noise they make. And it is interesting, too, seeing that you are relating to the characters in the movie the same mm-hmm. way. Because the characters in the movie are so sensitive about sound because these aliens that have invaded Earth yeah. can only track you by sound. So the people in the movie are trying to make as little sound as possible. And so are you while you're watching it. Yeah, so you're feeling it. You, you yeah. feel the same tension it, they feel. It pulls you in yeah. in a really unique way. So I can't really say that I have ever sat in a movie theater that felt about the same way as that. No, so, it was unique. Yeah. That's the good stuff. What would you say are the good parts of the movie? Um, I think it's well acted, for sure. It is. Um, 
I think that the concept of you know a a, a villain that can hear yeah. extremely well yeah he's good for a horror movie right I mean it it adds so much tension totally um I I think I agree with the good things you said and I want to get into the bad for me. <laughs> Let's go ahead and dig into that because the, there's no consistency no. on what it is they hear. No, absolutely not. They no. like cuz like at one point a, a a raccoon is just raccooning along Yeah, and it's just it, scuttling along making all kinds yeah. of fucking noise. They don't really apparently fucking care about that. Also, it's been over a year and they still haven't figured out how to do like, anything. Like, really? All you'd have to do, like me, just 15 minutes into it, I'm thinking, okay, well, you just set up like fireworks at different points of, you know, in the woods. And when you want to go do something over here, you set off the fireworks over there. So they run over there and you, you got I mean, free dude, time. Like, considering that making sound is one of the most basic human experiences, yeah. you think they would figure it out really fucking quick that, oh, this person made a sound and the alien killed them. Yeah. Like, really. Really, yeah. it took that long to fucking figure and it out. And also, okay. Dude, it's like, tell, tell me this, man. It's like every time we introduce a new kind of like currency, like when they introduce those new hundreds that have the weird strip on yeah. and all that shit. Uh-huh. And it's like literally like 20 minutes later, somebody had counterfeited it. Yeah. It takes no time to figure out problems like this. As it's a incredible. Whole, it's as like, a whole, like they, they, we're talking about the whole country. The uh, whole fucking world, also, dude. we learned that, you know, loud uh, sonar sonar noises can make them open up their little ear things yeah. and you can shoot them. Yeah. Currently, the army has sonic weapons. Absolutely. They wouldn't even have to develop something new. No, it's on board. Yeah, it wouldn't take long to figure this out. No. So that was a problem for me, for sure. Yes. Also, the fact that the parents are, like, the worst parents of all time. They really are. Like, dude, it's like at the first of the movie, you see him, like, scouring through that store trying to find medication for the kid and stuff. Uh-huh. And they take away his little rocket ship toy because it's going to make noise. Uh-huh. But then these they just parents, leave. Dude... And how, and how about that? The fact the fact that the parents are so responsible that they let their fucking four year old take up the rear. Uh huh. You know they're yeah, like walking that makes in a, a line. Ton of sense. And let's go ahead and put this like four year old in the back uh-huh. of the fucking line. We'll leave him in the store with that toy he wanted, and uh, we'll you know expect them to catch up and probably not bring that toy. Like, really? Yeah. Really, y'all are the worst parents. The, there was okay, so like. I, I said last week that I, I see this as a conservative allegory. Okay. I want to get into that a little bit. Okay, hit me. Okay, so the monsters are the PC monsters that don't want you to have free speech. Okay. They don't want you to be able to say anything you want and talk <laughs> however you want. I like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the only women in the, the movie are either dead, which is the old lady they see in the woods. Right. And then the old man who's with her. Uh... Deaf, as yes. in the daughter, meaning she can't hear the words of her father. Oh my god! Or pregnant, like a woman art generation, be. like a woman art. And she's be. actually barefoot. A lot of the movie, she's barefoot most of the movie, and that <laughs> plays into her stepping on a nail. That how? How the that, fuck did that nail turn up? How did that nail turn off up? it, dude? Anyway, like, yeah, that was ridiculous. That shit is stupid, man. Come um, on. The, there are two times when a white man does a, like a primal scream, like I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> Let me just wind it up. <laughs> like that was what I saw. Like I believe that there are other ways of seeing it 
In fact, uh, uh, on the Facebook group, Grayson Hester. Yeah, my dear uh, friend. Yeah, great, he great mentioned buddy. that he uh, viewed it as a really an effective queer metaphor of homophobia. Yeah, which I find is really interesting. I did too. I, I do I, think, I think that's really interesting. You know, looking at that, I was like, okay, because like I think that's I just cool. kind of went in there with. I'm pretty sure John Krasinski is a secret conservative. So that's all <laughs> that's that, what you were seeing. Yeah, that's all it. I was seeing. But it is kind of interesting if you do look at it with that that allegory of just like just whatever, just fucking stay quiet. Yeah, and they won't bother you. Yeah, exactly. And that fucking sucks. It does fucking suck, but you can also see it the other way. Yeah, as just stay quiet. They won't bother you. And yeah, you really should because you're being a dick. <laughs> like, right, right, right. These PC monsters—they're not monsters. They're yeah, just people who want to be treated like regular individuals. And at the uh, same time, it's like I—I I do think that the sign of a lot of really cool horror flicks, even like the movie we we're talking about today, The Descent, is like you can look at it a lot of different you ways. You really can. So I do appreciate it from from that perspective. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I do like that they took care to show how these people dealt with their silent world, like them, like laying down yeah. like paths of sand, mm-hmm. so they don't make noise walking on the ground. Yeah, yeah, it's like a lot of those little things like that that were that were pretty cool. But then there's just so much fucking dumb stuff. Okay, that fucking part where they're like drowning in like that silo of like grain. Yeah, how'd they fucking harvest that grain silently? Are you fucking kidding me? None of it makes kidding? any sense. No way. None of that makes sense. Uh, why it is it took them so long to realize they could build a room with uh, soundproofing? W- wouldn't the first thing be, you'd be like, you know what, I remember there's a recording studio in town. Let's just go there. It's hot out there, maybe. And live there. Yeah. And we can just talk and have fun and do whatever we want. And yeah. no, but nothing will hear us ever. They know it's sound. You have to. One of the things that really perplexed me but made me like dig in on my this is a conservative allegory is when the deaf uh daughter walks down in the basement which apparently they've not allowed her to go down there and then she sees the monitoring equipment and she's like horrified yeah which to me was like okay that makes no sense for this character but if it's a conservative allegory i gotcha it's this like we're trying to protect you and you're just mad because we're looking at everybody through cameras patriot act never Listen, mind we're patriots man <laughs> we need that we need to be able to see everything you do and sell it to company yeah <laughs> like i like the concept yeah i, you I like do. the concept i and because there's no dialogue, really, it's wide open. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like, you're going to get what you get out of it, really. I just kind of feel like, there, there's a lot of times that myself, and I'll, I'll text you these things like late at night and stuff, mm-hmm. where I'm like, I have an idea for a movie. Yeah. And it's like, I have an idea for one, but I don't really have a story. Yeah, story is, because idea is easy, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, you can come up with 50 movie ideas, just sit down for an hour with a group of people. You come up with 50 movie ideas pretty easily. Right. The story is the hard part. Yeah. It's, it's developing the characters, making them interact in a natural way or an unnatural way that helps you understand more about the characters. Yeah. Like, something that you can accept that maybe your dialogue will be a bit stilted or something if that's part of how these characters interact like there's all that but like story is just so in depth for each like you really have to create a world yeah for each individual idea you have mm-hmm. so really when you're just coming up with ideas it's like great good ideas etc then you have to 
play it out. And that can take they can take uh, a few hours maybe to yeah. come up with a pretty simple story. Uh, or it can take months to yeah. map out like how are how are these characters or is this character necessary? Do we need this particular scene to get the story across? Because again, you're trying to work within like an hour twenty to two hours usually. Yeah. Like you you don't want to write something that's gonna be three hours unless right. you know it you know it's Lord the of Avengers. the Rings. Or the Avengers, <laughs> yeah. Like you don't want to write something that long because you know, it, it would be easier, honestly. People think like writing a longer movie would be hard, but it's actually easier because you don't have to censor yourself as much. You just have to make these all these interactions that you dream up, you have to make them fit into some sort of narrative. But you you can leave in more when you have three hours. When you do like this, I think it was an hour and a half. Yeah. So when you do an hour and a half, like you really do have to be concise with your storytelling. So you do get in in um, in uh, a quiet place. You get the one scene with the old man and the the woman in the wood. Yeah, yeah. That's like real quick, but it shows you how powerful these things are yeah yeah really quick world building element yeah right and it also shows you how it's tearing people apart and totally. stuff so like you can do really effective i think this does really effectively with very little dialogue uh it, it makes an entire world just appear with people basically saying shh to each other right. for an hour yeah and a half. Like, yeah like you get what all's going on i just i feel like the entire Interesting bits about the movie could have been told in a in a short movie, yeah, or as part of an anthology. Kind of going back to like the Tusk thing, where it's like the concept is more yeah. interesting than the movie itself. Like I kind of feel like you could have told everything that there is to say about a quiet place and this alien invasion of killers that follow sound. Like that probably could have just been like a short. Like, yeah, it, it probably could have been twenty thirty minutes. Yeah, it probably could have been. And they've already greenlit a sequel. Yeah, I don't know what you're going to do with that. I, I, I mean, I guess they showed that there was a whole other world with the people like signaling right. each other with the fire. That's but, my best hope is that they're going to cloverfield it and yeah, be right. like, this is the same event taking place somewhere else in the world. So it yeah. could be like a quiet place in Canada, a quiet <laughs> place in Mexico. You know what I mean? It's like, at least give me somewhere else and show their experience of this, maybe. That's I what mean, made World War Z cool. Yeah. But I don't feel like there's enough to say about this to make it cool. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what else. I mean, because the ending of A Quiet Place was really to me like, like what is this? Yeah, she cocks the gun and points it at the camera. Yeah, I know, right? So we're supposed to be the villains, right? Like, Are we, we? if if she's cocking the gun and pointing it at us, she's saying like we're the problem. I guess. So like, what? What? <laughs> like, how? Know. How am I the problem now? Why are you pointing the gun at me? I don't know. Like I, I, I enjoyed some elements of it, but yeah. it's like I feel like it's one of those ones that man that like when you watch it at home, it's really gonna fucking fall flat. Yeah, it will. It'll lose a lot, lose a lot of steam, and in, in you know being able to get up and move around and pause and, and yeah. do all that. Like yeah. If you're gonna rate it on a ten scale, what are you gonna put it? Uh, I mean, I, I think if you see it in the theater, it's a solid. Six? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking five. Okay. But I bet when you watch it at home, though, it's like four. Yeah, when you watch it at home, it's going to be a lot less intense. Unless, I, you know what, I, I guarantee this is one of those movies that, like, 
some kids will watch at like a sleepover yeah. and they'll get real quiet yeah, watching it. Yeah, it might be that kind of and thing. And it'll be one that like people say fuck them up later in life. They'll Could be like, be. oh man, a quiet place. It's like, uh, it or... <laughs> I had to hush my mouth. Whatever, what other movies? Oh, Killer Clowns fucked people up in there. Oh yeah, yeah, Chucky or something. Yeah, so. Well, I, I don't know. If you're gonna see it, see it in the theater. Yeah, for sure. But if you're gonna see it in the theater, see it as a matinee or a movie pass. Yeah. You know. Yeah, movie like, pass that shit. I mean, you know, if you're, if you have a movie pass, just go see any movie. Honestly. Yeah, seriously. Like, why not? Just yeah. use it. Well, Steve, the main topic of our podcast today is going to be talking about the descent. The decent. Which, yeah, the the decent, which came uh-huh. out when? Um, two thousand and. Okay, something. so it came out. July 2005 in the UK and then June of 2006 in the US. Wow, I thought it was actually older than that. 2006. Yeah, not that old. But, like, I mean, you know, 12, 13 years old. I guess so. Yeah, it's yeah. entering middle school. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's grown pubes, this movie. It's, uh, yeah, grass on the field. <laughs> Play ball. Um. Anyway, so yeah, this, this is... Um, in that period of time where I would say there weren't that many great horror movies. Absolutely. But this, so, I think, I think it's pretty definitely transcends cool, that. It's I a good horror movie. awesome, man. Yeah. And it concerns a bunch of adrenaline junkie, thrill-seeking ladies. Mm-hmm. So before we get into our view portion of the movie, Steve, I want to take a quiz with you on women.com. Finally. A place for women. <laughs> to find out. What kind of an adrenaline junkie we ourselves are. I think that we're going to really learn a lot about ourselves right here. Oh, this man. I'm known for my, for only, my adrenaline. Only a true ad- adrenaline junkie can get a 10 out of 15 on this test. Challenge accepted. Let's play. All right, Steve. Our first question here is, your friendships and personal relationships tend to be characterized by excitement and drama. No. Is this no or yes? This is a big no. That's a nada. No, I'm not. Uh, I hate people that bring drama into yes. my life. Absolutely. It works, though. I am, I'm an easy mark for drama because I immediately see that it's coming. Yeah. And I make it happen immediately. Mm. Like, just like, oh, drama's coming. Okay, let's, let's do this. Way. Confrontation now. Let's confront <laughs> each other. Let's get around your passive aggression. Yeah. I want to I have a yelling, screaming fight. <laughs> Oh, you didn't want to do that? You want to have pass-aggressive sniping? Too oh, bad. good. Too bad. We're not doing that. <laughs> so that's a no for you. Yeah, big no. I mean, I would say of, of my personal relationships, like most of my personal relationships are, uh, I guess you could even say work-related nowadays, where yeah. it's like it's people I play with or it's people I do podcasts with, Yeah. which I wouldn't say are necessarily dramatic, but I would say that they're exciting. They're exciting. That's true. So yeah. it's, it's like I kind of feel like I would say yes about this, although it's never any like interpersonal mm-hmm. bullshit drama. It's all like cool excitement. Like You're not cool. telling anybody to cast you outside. No. How about that? Mm-hmm. It's more like, let's play this fucking hour and a half long show, even though we've only practiced once. That's pretty exciting. By the way, Cash Me Outside Girl, Billboard Award nominee for fuck? female rap. What is the... <sighs> I haven't listened to the album, but uh, read some okay reviews. Maybe I'll check it out. God damn it, I'm sure it's fucking <laughs> horrible. Two of 15. What do we got? Uh, despite promises to yourself, your to-do list is always longer than you can handle. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> my, my to-do list this year... Uh-huh. The amount of stuff I've accomplished already this year is mm-hmm. is fucking insane. Like it, it has been absolutely 
endless the yeah. amount of things I've had to do and I already am seeing things racking up for the next to-do list so Jeez. yeah my to-do list is insane I'm very zen about to-do list my first uh, number one bullet point every to-do list is make a to-do list that way I can I'm done with the list done scratch it off already started that's pretty good yeah. I like that uh, I also if uh, I see a list is getting too long I uh, make I just throw some stuff out like if uh, if it's not something where somebody absolutely needs me or if it's not something that uh, is focused towards what I want to be doing. Yeah. I, it's easy for me to just say, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Run on. Um, so I'm, I I would say rarely is it longer than I can handle. Okay. Run on, man. Now, do you skimp on sleep and load up on caffeine to get through the day? Yes. That's a yay for you. Yeah. Um, I can... I would say that I, t- I generally tend to be a sleepsman. I sleep yeah. a lot. I like sleep a whole bunch. But there there are plenty of days where I will be up, you know, till fucking four, yeah. editing our show. Or oh yeah, I'm always making videos, and then I gotta get up and teach in the morning yeah. or whatever. So I, I don't know. I can I can do either one. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say no because I do love I do love to sleep a lot. Man, it's it's one of the best things in the world for sure. What do we got next? Uh, do you work best when you have a deadline you're trying to beat? Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Yeah, anybody that tells me, yo, just get to it whenever. No, that's just telling me, yeah, don't yeah, do it. Yeah, no, I need to know a date yeah. so that I can uh, procrastinate until right before that and yep. then do it really quick and then go, oh, fuck, this is probably terrible. There's something, and I don't know if you're the same way or not, but it's like there's something about my entire creative process uh-huh. that thrives on assignments. Mm-hmm. And assignments. Yeah, that's why I love deadlines. school so much. Dude, me too, yeah. man. It's like, I, I absolutely love it. It's like, while I was in school doing art, I went to school for art, of course. Yeah. Man, it's like, I was churning out all this work and stuff mm-hmm. and some of my favorite work that I've probably ever done. Yeah. And then it's like, as soon as I'm out of school and I don't have assignments, guess what? I, I don't really do art that much. Yeah. Because like, you can imagine things that you could do. Yeah. But it's not like anybody expects. That's why it's always yep. a good idea to say what you want to do out loud to yep. people yep. so that then they ask you about it and you feel like oh Dude. shit I need to get on that and, and that's even why I started the whole like weekend wank shop series on YouTube uh-huh. is cause like you know I started with the um, I guess the stuff that really broke first was the this is why you suck at guitar stuff Yeah, but that's such a broad and um, I don't know very 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 specific topic by topic video yeah. series that's the, like, the I, can't vi- I would say those week. videos are not aimed at me Right. <laughs> I've watched some of them and I've been like, you know what? I don't, nope. Maybe don't not know. for me. Nope. But like with the weekend wank shop stuff, it's like it is specifically a weekly mm-hmm. video series. That's the point. Yeah. And it's like I, I created that for one so I could stay in those YouTube feeds and yeah. stay in people's mailboxes all the time. But it's yeah. also because I know that if I don't give myself a schedule, I will not follow a schedule. Yeah. So yeah, deadlines and stuff like that actually just make me more creative i know some people get that fever where they're like oh shit this is doing a week i have no ideas Uh uh-huh i'm literally the opposite oh i have a million ideas yeah dude it's it's um usually like especially in grad school yeah i would find myself sometimes uh like month to go before you know 25 page paper is due and i have gone through so many different topics trying to just chop down to what it is I want to do. Yeah. 
but if it wasn't for the deadline, I would just keep going. I'd just keep coming up totally. with new topics and new ideas. Like, Dude, oh, I'm telling you, man. Still, it happens every time I start a new screenplay, too. I mean, just like, that's, oh, I could do this and this and this. <laughs> it's like That's just like that musician's toolkit thing that I was doing for, yeah. the, for the metal thing. Because it's like, I wrote all this... Um, I mean, I guess you could call them etudes uh-huh. in, in a sense. It's like riffs and stuff like this to demonstrate certain techniques. Okay. And it's like, I've not really been writing a lot of music lately because I've been so busy learning other people's shit, you uh-huh. know? But it's like, as soon as I got that assignment where it's like, hey, we want you to film this metal course and it needs to have, you know, examples of like how to use these techniques in a musical context and not like licensed music, like don't teach a Slayer riff to teach gallops. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like my brain instantly is just like, oh, okay, great. It's like I wrote like 20 or 30, you know, like things and recorded them in like one day. Jesus. Because my brain just goes nuts when I have assignments. I love it. Yeah. That's how it works for me. What's next? When you have some quiet time to yourself, you generally fill it with something exciting or urgent? Exciting or urgent? Mm, I'm going to say no. No, I, go, I I'm I embrace quiet time. Yeah, quiet time is so rare for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I could say yes in a sense because it's like a lot of times whenever I, you know, have like, let's say like a, a car ride where I don't need to be listening to music I'm learning for a set uh-huh. or stuff I'm trying to figure out for a lesson or whatever. A lot of times I'll be listening to, I'll listen to a lot of other people's, you know, movie reviews and stuff so I can get uh-huh. their insight for, for our show and yeah, stuff yeah. too. Yeah. And so, I guess, in a sense, I kind of fill them up with something somewhat relevant or urgent yeah. to what I'm working on. But sure. Yeah, generally speaking, it's like, yeah, if I have that rare free time, that night off or whatever, uh-huh. then it's like, yeah, I'm going to just fucking watch a movie and play guitar. Just or chill. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm going to know on that one. All right, Steve, if you tried to meditate, it would drive you crazy due to boredom. Is that a no or a yes? No. I uh, use meditation all the time. Yeah. Very helpful tool. Uh, I I do the transcendental sort of meditation where I just let my mind go instead of trying to rein it in. Tight. Um, I always find that to be helpful. I also always find that uh, I end up, like, you know, I'll aim for 10, 20 minutes or whatever, and it'll end up just flying by. Nice. And then you have a million ideas in your head that uh, otherwise would have just been you know contending with whatever it is you were trying to think of nice like it, it sort of just allows me to let that stuff out for a little bit and then be like okay i gotta get back to whatever i was doing you got to play for a little bit yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes of uh coming up with different names for uh robot policemen <laughs> i Sar- like that sergeant cyborg is my favorite <laughs> that is the best yeah <laughs> anyway i need to get in the habit of doing that i think that would probably actually be really it is helpful really good for me i i at this point am just so yeah packed 24 7 that it's like it seems impossible yeah, yeah i really i really do where it's like if i'm sitting down yeah. doing nothing i'm like i don't know i could be like practicing my picking yeah. right now or whatever so I actually do think that at this point, yeah, it probably, probably would drop me crazy. So I'm going to say no. <laughs> What's next? Uh, do you tend to get into conflict with others pretty regularly? No. Like, I, I find myself disagreeing with people a lot. Uh, yeah, but I'm an agreeable disagreeer. Yeah, or like, you know, yeah, but whatever. It doesn't really yeah. affect me that you think this Unless way or whatever. Unless they're saying something outrageous, I'm 
most likely to just be like, you know what? I can see why you might think that. Yeah, same here. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually, I'm going to say no on that one. That's one of those things that, again, I disagree with people a lot, but I never really like fucking get real aggro about it or anything. It's not that, and honestly, it's because it just doesn't really matter that much to me. Yeah, that's, you know, it's that like, is basically the case for me. It's too, like, yeah, that's like, dumb, but it's not worth my time to fucking. And I'm pretty it. positive. I'm not going to change your mind. So exactly that. You just have your dumb thoughts and I'll just move not, along. I right? ever have to think about them. All right, Steve, when you have a big project due with a distant deadline, do you tend to put things off yes. until the last minute? Yeah. I do too, man. Yeah, I thought I do. I think that every college paper I ever did, which like I, I graduated with a fucking 4.0. Yeah. Everything was always done like last before. Minute. Yeah. There's something about like myself where it's like, if you give me enough free time, I'll second doubt myself. Yeah. 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 That's what happens to me all the time. Right? But it's like, if I'm at a deadline and I'm right there at it the night before mm-hmm. and I'm just like, whatever this is. Yes, this is it. This will do. Yeah. It says what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. But it's like if I had a week after that to look at it, I would sit there and be like, well, I could phrase this differently and I could do this, I could do this. Um, So, yeah, myself, it's like, yeah, the the less time that I have to kind of simmer on stuff, the better. Mm. Yeah, so I'm going to say no on that one. Yeah, me too. So coming home from a long day of work to a totally quiet house is boring. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, that's the weird thing for me is like typically a, a long day of work for me equals... Playing music, writing music, teaching music, transcribing uh-huh. music, 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 music. So it's like a lot of times whenever I get home, typically whenever I get home, I want to cook. Yeah. Make some food. That's like, to me, that's like my... That's relaxing. Yeah, dude. Mm, it's like, that is, that is my unwinder. Yeah. Where it's like, and it's like really like that and like this podcast, like cooking and this podcast are the only non-musical things that I do. And so to me, they, they're the really wonderful things in my life that help me unwind and, and relax but at the same time I'm such a uh, and this is a term that I heard like Ben Weinman from Dillinger Escape Plan use uh, one time in an interview I, I have realized about myself that I'm such a sensory addict yeah I constantly need input yeah me too I used to not be that way like yeah. it used to drive me nuts whenever I would go to like people's houses and like their TV would be on even though nobody's like watching it <laughs> yeah but it's like I realize now I have become one of those people where it's like I need sensory input constantly. And I don't think that that's a great habit to have, but it is how I am. So actually yeah. coming home after a, a long, crazy day of work, it's like, I don't know. Here's the thing, too. If I've been playing other people's music all day, teaching other people's music all day, yada, 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 uh-huh. whenever I get home, I want to listen to it. I want to listen to I want to play on guitar yeah, what I now, want to now play. Now you can be free to... Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've been doing what you like to do all day, but under other people's parameters. Terms, yeah. Yeah, so exactly. now, now you can do it how you want to do it. Yeah, so whenever I come home, actually, after a day of like nonstop music, I either listen to whatever I want to listen to or play whatever I want to play to, or if I am truly just like, I don't want to hear notes anymore, uh-huh. my brain is tired, I will listen to a podcast. Yeah. So I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, Quiet House is boring. Uh, for me, I like Quiet House. I, I do need constant sensory input, but yeah. I, I've learned to enjoy quietness for periods of time. I've learned to embrace it because I, I've found that what I'm... I'm not trying to drown out my uh, thoughts of murder or anything, yeah, yeah. but like I am trying to just drown out my thoughts because I'm constantly 
consider like considering and reconsidering and overthinking right everything that's going on so i find that if i if i have a podcast on a lot like it it makes me like concentrate on that which makes it so that all that other stuff just sort of drains out the other way you don't hear those voices going kill your family yeah well that one stays always he's constant (laughs) Um, kill kill Um, by the way, though, talking about uh, food, I just wanted to mention because Please. Uh, we get uh, Facebook DMs from Alan Evans and Ross Corey all yeah. the time showing off fucking amazing food they've made. Oh, damn. I haven't um, checked those. Yeah, I'll have to show them to you because th- these dudes can cook some fucking food. And damn, I'll what are they cooking up? Uh, some ramen. Got okay. some ramen, got All some right. spare ribs. Oh, I love a rib, uh, man. Got some pasol, which I didn't, I've never had, What's but pasol? it looks fucking amazing. It was a lot of peppers and garlic turned into this uh, broth. That, I'm on board. Yeah, I'm already interested. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah, tight, Guys, man. by the way, send us pictures of your food. Yeah, I'm interested. please. Please. <laughs> Absolutely so. Because, I mean, seriously, like I said, like, if I wasn't playing guitar, I would be... Yeah, swinging a walk around or something. Like, Dude, I yeah, love cooking love to cook. so much. Cook, cook is cooking is one of those things where it's artistic expression with an immediate gratification, and it's just basic like, survival power. Oh yeah, you absolutely yeah. You need to be able to do it to live. I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like the thing, like um, this is always true. Like if you make the food, it doesn't taste as good to you as it does to everybody else because you can taste all the problems. I don't know, but it still I tastes pretty, fucking great. I get pretty stoked when I cook. Oh, I good. love my food. Yeah, I absolutely love I my too. food. But I know that like anytime um, I'm tasting my food, I can taste what I need to do better I got next you. time because you're remembering like, oh, I didn't add as much pepper as I thought yeah, I should. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So like. Um, I do have that one problem with after eating food, but like food is like this immediate gratification where you've made your food. Now yeah. you get to be the audience for your own product totally, and be like, holy fuck, this is awesome. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. It's the best. All right, so you, would you live in an amusement park if you could? No. I, uh, no. <laughs> no. What? And, and it's like, honestly, it's like roller coasters are sick and stuff, yeah. but the food sucks. Yeah. And there's I mean, always people there. You're gonna you're gonna get diarrhea after a day eating a bunch of fried <laughs> food. Like no, yeah. And then everybody's kids. I Ugh. mean, everybody out there with kids. Your kids are probably cute to you, and they may be cute to me sometimes. Most yeah. of the time, though, it's like no, oh damn, not. get your kids out of here. <laughs> We're trying to have amusements. You got a favorite amusement park? Um. Well, I loved Six Flags when I was little. I yeah. grew up in Georgia. I was a big fan. Oh, yeah. And I right. didn't love Dollywood because it didn't have the same, like, Looney Tunes connection. Right. But now as an old person, I'm like, you know, Dollywood's real fun. Dollywood's pretty tight, man. It's got a good smell to it, too. It does. Mm-hmm. It's either, like, sawdust or, like, mm-hmm. fried sausage and peppers. Yeah. It's I a good place. also like, uh, I mean, you know, obviously, Disney World is great. It's Went amazing. there when I was a very youngin'. The level of immersion... And just wonderment there really yeah. is something else. Uh-huh. It really is. I rode the teacups, I remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Look out. You ever been to Cedar Point? I haven't been to Cedar Point. Where's that? Do you like a roller coaster? I do like a roller coaster. Sandusky, Ohio. Sandusky, Ohio. Yeah. It's right up near, near the near the locks. 
Is that is that that city you don't leave your your kids around? Exactly. That. Oh, okay. They'd be raping kids up there Maybe. in Sandusky. <laughs> <laughs> now, dude, Cedar Point is like the roller coaster maniacs park of parks. Mm-hmm. It's the fucking king. I gotta go check it out. Yeah, it's the absolute best. Yeah, and they I do like I a do Halloween theme thing too. I'm not a huge fan of wooden roller coasters because they're kind of jolting. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that. But I like the fact that it seems like they're always about to explode. Yeah. That, I like that. That apparently uh, that turns a lot of people off. Yeah. <laughs> I do like, like that. Oh, no. We're all going to die. Dude, C- Cedar Point has some of the sickest and smoothest coasters. Awesome. Ever. Yeah. You got to go sometime. I, um, I still regret because... Uh, you know, lived in LA for four years. We lived around so many great amusement parks, and we just couldn't Stop afford to go there because, yeah. hey, uh, the rent is too damn high. Oh God, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Ben, I don't know if this next question is relevant at all. <laughs> Do you love watching scary movies? This I think be a I- big no, right? I think that's probably a no. I just yeah. do it for the podcast bucks. That you know what? Let's put yes just to see what happens. All right. So, yes, I do love watching scary movies <laughs> just to see. All right. Do you love the idea of bungee jumping or skydiving? Skydiving, I do. Also, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you is like, have you done either? Or no. if you were going to do either one, which one would you skydiving. do? Skydiving. I would Me love too, that. Right? I don't know why being higher up in the air, I feel safer than being on a little bungee cord. Because you know what it is? All the bungee jumping I've ever seen is in Pigeon Forge. Yeah. And I know the people operating that shit. Oh, God. I don't trust them. They're stoned on pots. They're stoned on the pots. They're probably drunk on the alcohols. Pots of marijuana. And I'm a teetotaler. Dude. Yeah, I'm with (laughs) you, man. It's like, I I have actually never done either. I've never bungee jumped. I've never skydived. Yeah, bungee jumping I just avoided because, like, it seriously was just all Pigeon Forge. I was like, no, I don't trust it. But skydiving seems like... Because I, I, I love flying. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from how uncomfortable it is. In the neck pillow people. Yeah, the neck pillow people. I, I really do love being up in the air. Yeah, me like, too. Like, I'm just sitting in a seat, flying 30,000 yeah, feet in the air. It's pretty tight. super cool. I just think that, like, if you're going to pull a high-risk maneuver where it's like you're going to potentially die, go fucking big. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't want to. I don't want to be paralyzed if it goes wrong. I want to be dead. Yeah, I want to be toast. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, because like you could bungee jump, I, and just fucking like be a quadriplegic and mm-hmm. and fuck yourself up and have your whole life to think about. Wow, I really shouldn't bungee jump. That sucks. I think we all have to hold irrational beliefs in our head. Yeah. And one of my irrational beliefs is I might survive uh, if the parachute doesn't open. Yeah. Because I've read about how to do it. <laughs> Yeah, yes. tight. <laughs> what you want to do, Ben? Yeah, tell me okay. more. Yeah, yeah. First off, seems counterintuitive. You don't aim for water. Really? Because what's going to happen, no matter if you hit water or ground, is your legs are going to break They're probably gone. up to the hip, Oof. and Oof. you're probably going to break part of your lower back. So you won't be able to swim if you're You're not going to be able to swim. So the water is going to be almost just as hard. Uh, the tension when you hit at 120 miles per hour, which is yeah, terminal you know, velocity. Terminal velocity for average human. And then you drown to death. And then you drown to death. I don't want that. Okay, so uh, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna aim for ground. If you listen, you have more time up there than you think you do. All right. You got a goat on or something. Try to hold it out. It's only gonna slow you down a little bit, but that might be enough. Flying squirrel that shit. Flying squirrel that shit. You're going to aim. You don't want trees. 
You no think trees. you want trees, but you know what happens when you hit a branch kind of up toward the ground? <laughs> up from the ground? 120 miles per hour, you die. So you're aiming for... Hopefully you can find a car. This is what a you car? want. A car? An SUV or something that you can hit the, the roof of. Because what's going to happen is the roof is going to collapse. And then probably the uh, hydraulic pressure... Of the oh, shots shit. is going to really? absorb a lot of the impact. You also want to hit with your your balls of your feet straight down and collapse as it goes, to hopefully cut off some of that breakage to the back. You don't say. Ben, I've read a lot about it. I think I might have a shot. You're ready. <laughs> That's so tight. I really don't. I don't think that at all. But I hold that like irrational thought in my head all the time. Like I might make it. That's awesome. I also. Uh, I I dream about plane crashes a lot, and it's never a nightmare. Yeah, I always dream about being in a castaway situation. Oh, and it, it just living there, like oh cool, tight. No more money. Finally, some free time. <laughs> Finally, all the time I need to read books. And I break my glass. <laughs> Wilson. Okay, so so is your answer? Do you love the idea of bungee jumping your skydiving? Yeah, I do. I'm gonna say I'm just gonna go with no. Okay. Because we've answered a few questions kind of diff- uh, similarly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And I'm going to pretend that it just says bungee jumping, which I'm like, no. <laughs> All right. Do you tend to drive over the speed limit? Well, we talked about this last week. I used to. Now I do not. Correct. But, uh, I mean. Can I, you drive 55? I can, but I have to use cruise control. Because <laughs> if I'm not paying attention, if I don't have cruise control on, I will just start weaving in and out of car. Like, I, I think, like, got to get to the destination. So if I use cruise control, I make myself stay at the speed limit and then just pass people safely. Yeah? Yeah. So I, I do tend to drive. Or I do not tend to drive over the speed limit. Tight. Um, I, you know what? I also tend to drive the speed limit or yeah. under. I'm a slowsman. Yeah. As I've said, it is not really my thing. Also, my vehicle does not exactly allow yeah. extremely high speeds of travel. <laughs> yeah, I drive an old car too. Um, but on those back roads, man, yeah, you, you lose yourself. Yeah, dude. You got to lose yourself. <laughs> Eight in miles the back style. roads, the moment. <laughs> so actually, like on my way home from uh, my mom's earlier. I was on those back roads and I was going way over, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, you do it. I do it. What's next? Would you describe yourself as competitive? Man, this is a tough one for me. I don't like competition. Yeah. But I think it's because I am competitive and I, I, I like to right. I like for there to be peace. I prefer peace over what I get from winning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good way to put but that. But I do. I am competitive. Anything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. I either. I either just say going into it, I don't care about this, so I won't get competitive. Right. Or all I want is to win. Like, I. I. My wife's family loves to play board games when they get together, mm-hmm. and I have trouble doing it because I have a competition in me. Mm. There will be blood. Anybody? Oh, I have a competition in me, and I don't want to uh, cause rifts in my wife's family. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I I try to, I try to stay as detached as possible. But then, when we play something like Trivial Pursuit, it's real hard for me. You going for blood? I go for blood. Yeah. 
So you're going to say yes on that one? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kind of an odd bird where it's like anything that I really genuinely care about, mm-hmm. yes, I absolutely have to be the best at it. Mm-hmm. Playing music, fucking yeah. what, whatever it is, playing video games. Yeah. I must be the best. Mm-hmm. But if it's like anything else in life, like honestly, even like board games and stuff like that. Yeah, you can just let it go. I don't fucking care. Yeah. It's like if I'm having fun, whatever. I don't care. If it's miniature golf, fuck it. I really don't care <laughs> as long as I'm having fun. Like I really don't. Like honestly, I care so much more about having fun yeah. than I do about winning. Unless it's something that like is really important to me. Okay, so like, bowling. So bowling, for yeah. example. So I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no on this one. Okay. Um, even though it's like, like I said, if it's something that I really care about, yeah, I'm out for fucking blood. Well, I don't like this last question, Ben, because oh. how do you answer it? Uh, the only way to answer it, I guess, without seeming uh, overly cocky, is to say no. I would maybe. But are you the brave one in your group of friends? Hmm. I. Uh, I assume this means: Are you the most likely to uh, confront something, or the most likely to not avoid uh, a situation? Okay. Um, and I can safely say that with uh, with my wife, she's more confrontational than I am most mm. of the time. Okay. But I would say that she thinks I'm more confrontational. So, like, uh, that would be a tough one. I'm going to say no. Yes. No, I'm yes. Not, it's a tough one. What do you say? What do you say? I think, I don't know. Like, whenever whenever I see Brave One at this point in yeah. our lives, when we're all in, like, our 30s and stuff, yeah. I'm kind of thinking about, like, life paths and like the stuff yeah. that you've chosen to like make your that's true yeah career and life out of and it's like i know a lot of people who thought that playing music for a living is would, impossible exactly yeah, and that, that was hard. an insane risk to take yeah. when you could just use your college degree to do yeah. what the fuck ever and stuff so it's like in that regard I do feel kind of I do kind of feel like the brave one where it's yeah. just like I'm not doing anything other than what I want because that's all that I want to do. Maybe that's immaturity talking. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, like I think what you're saying is right. Yeah. I just think it's it's hard to admit that you are the brave one when you. I, I think there's something about bravery yeah. that is also humble about it. Maybe. Like well, well, the person then, who's like, yeah, I'm the one who got us all through the shit. Is yeah. Like usually the asshole that just talks loud and didn't really do much right. of anything. And, and I also feel kind of bad about it because it's like, okay, me saying that I'm the brave one because I decided to play guitar for a living yeah. is, is braver than my friends who are like, I want to bring a child into the yeah. world. <laughs> <laughs> I want to support the lives of others. Yeah. yeah it's that like, seems okay, pretty fucking brave. Maybe yeah. I'm an asshole. Yeah. Maybe I'm just. Uh, self-centered and yeah. not brave in the least bit but at the same time maybe that's also a weird form of bravery to be like you know what this is the path i'm forging fuck it it, it man seriously it, it it takes bravery to be human i'm just gonna say yes i'm gonna say yes too and again it's like don't get me wrong man like some of the stuff that my friends have done as far as like raising families and so on uh-huh 
I am absolutely fucking terrified of, dude. Absolutely mortified of. There's there's yeah. things that my friends are doing in their quote unquote ordinary lives yeah. that I'm scared shitless of. But but yeah. but to me, when I read that question, the first thing I thought of is I decided to do what I want to do for a living, which yeah, is me extremely too. high risk. It is. And so I'm gonna say yes. I did move across the country twice. That you did. Yeah, All right, so. it's calculating my results i don't know how this is possible what'd you get i got 15 of 15 i got 15 out of 15 and we answered think, some differently dude i think women.com is just trying to empower the ladies because you said, know what i'm oh, with you babe only a junkie can get 10 out of 15 you just got 15 out of 15 <laughs> you're super saiyan <laughs> this is your final form i think we learned something about ourselves though what's that um we learned that we're both wishy-washy about whether or not we're brave maybe which makes us probably not brave. Probably so. <laughs> probably so. Let's read the result here at the yeah. bottom in unison. We're, We're impressed. impressed. You're, You're clearly an adrenaline, adrenaline junkie. junkie. You, you love staying active, active and exploring new ways to get your heart racing. There's, there's no slowing you down anytime soon. Way, way to go. go! I think that people saying things in unison is creepy. It is. Like ever since like I was like a kid in church and it would be like, Now let us say the benediction or oh, whatever. Oh god, that's so weird. And it was a bunch of people in that monotone way uh-huh. saying things and in that intonation uh-huh. and rhythm. Yeah. And they're all saying the same thing. They aren't thinking of it. They're just saying it. There's a particular Mormon Woo. way of praying. Mormons don't do any of that uh sort of repetitive yeah. stuff. But there's a Mormon way of praying where uh it goes like this. <laughs> Really? Yeah, like Ew. it's a weird tone. Like, I, my wife and I picked it up at a certain point. There was one person in particular who was like the like shining beacon of the <laughs> prayer. And every time she would pray in Ew. church, she'd be like, "Oh, oh here she goes! Here she goes! There she goes! There she goes!" <laughs> That's so She also sounded like she was crying all the time. <laughs> oh, that person was the quiver of vibrato in the uh-huh. voice all the time. Damn. Oh, my dude. God. Anytime my great-grandmother would pray, and, and by the way, this was my great-grandmother, she lived forever and just died like a few years ago. Wow. Every Thanksgiving, every Easter, every Christmas, big family event, she would pray and she would cry every single time. Cry every single Holy time. Holy shit! I don't know how sincere it was. I think it was. She seemed like a very sincere lady. I don't know what was going on though. That she was like, "Man, this is emotional." That is intense. I'm talking to my imaginary friend in front of my family. <laughs> <laughs> That kind of what is what prayer is like. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's like that movie Drop Dead Fred. Yeah, (laughs) everybody's cool with it. Oh man, (laughs) only everybody's in on it. Yeah, everybody's like, yeah, it's fine. Well, Steve, I want to spend some time talking about some other adrenaline junkie ladies. Hell yeah! In this movie, the descent. Are you talking about Sarah, Beth, Juno, Sam, Rebecca, and Holly? I exactly am yeah. fuck how did you know um i don't know because i watched a movie recently called the descent was this the first time you watched a movie no called i'd seen this movie around when it um came out okay well i guess around when it came out here in america and i liked it then i was like oh this is cool but yeah um i watched it again with my wife i think we've probably been together for a, a couple of years mm-hmm. 
And uh, I remember being like, man, I think this is a real good horror movie. Yeah. I'm glad that uh, we went back to it here because watching it and really breaking it down, this is a real good horror movie. I know, man. Mm -hmm. I think that I saw it, it was probably at least 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, I saw it, like, quite a long time ago before I was really, like, really, really into horror movies. Yeah. And... I actually remember not liking it that much. Hmm. Like, I think that whenever I watched it the first time, I, I didn't really dig it that much. Oh, so, right. actually, earlier today, uh, Kate and I sat down and watched it. Because we were both like, yeah, I remember it not being really that good. But uh-huh. let's watch it again and see if it was better than we remembered. Yeah, it's really fucking better than I remember. Yeah. It, it's, it's, uh... it's pretty fucking awesome. Like, it's really one of the best horror movies in this time period in that awkward era between like 2000 and 2010 or so it really is that awkward weird area of horror flicks where there's so much bad shit coming out and this is actually pretty sick it is so really enjoyed it the basic story is that um sarah beth and juno uh starts out their whitewater rafting Sarah's husband and her daughter are there on the shore to meet them. Yeah. They are driving. Sarah's husband is not paying attention to the road, and they get into a wreck, and somebody has some unstrapped, uh, just copper pipe on top of their car, and it impales the husband and the daughter. Well, what happens is they find out they're actually in a Final Destination movie. Yes, that's exactly what like, it was oh, like. Oh, shit, wrong movie. <laughs> It's That's a very it final like. destination. It yeah. was because it was like, how the fuck would that happen? But I guess like it probably could, could? but it just seems unlikely. Um, and then uh, a year later, cut to a year later, uh, Juno, Beth, and Sarah are getting together with Sam, Rebecca, and Holly in North Carolina to go allegedly, cave allegedly. Though it's technically. Scotland and then England. The exteriors are Scotland, and then the interiors are all Pinewood Studios. Oh, yeah. So, huh. uh, so wait, all the exterior shots, like the forest and stuff, are definitely not even America. Yeah, not even America. They're Dude, Scotland. I was looking at that, and I was like, there's there's no fucking way this is Appalachian. Yeah, no, it's not. It looks nothing like the Appalachian and Mountains. Don't be wrong. I know the Appalachians run from, like, fucking Maine to Yeah, but they're, they're all pretty similar. It's Because these are, like, conifer forests Exactly. Stuff, yeah. Exactly. I was yeah. like, yeah, that's not around here. Yeah, and they find that uh deer and i was like that is no deer in north carolina yeah it's like a giant elk yeah <laughs> giant elk but yeah it's it's certainly not in north carolina but it's set in north carolina for yeah. whatever reason international cast i don't think a single one of them is from the same country I don't think so um they all have different accents <laughs> even the two that are sisters even the two that are sisters <laughs> um I think the only person in here that I've seen in uh, a good bit of other stuff is Mayana Burring, who plays uh, Sam, who's Sam. the girl, the the, sis- the shorter sister who's yeah, going to be a doctor. Yeah, what else is she in? She's in Doctor Who. She was in the 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 Demon Pit episode. Okay. Where basically, they're in hell. Uh, she's in kill list which is one of the better horror movies that's she come out is recently. in kill yeah. list dude i was like i know i know her from something yeah it's so good uh she's also in ripper street she's in a bunch of stuff uh she's very uh widely seen in a lot of things okay but a lot of the other actresses i don't think i've really no, seen them in i don't else. think so either man yeah 
Uh, and basically, they go down into this cave system. It seems like they kind of like yearly do like a yeah. sort of thrill-seeking like, adventure thing. Let's get thing. together and go do something crazy. They go down in this cave system, and while they're down there, basically, they kind of find out that Juno, one of the uh-huh. girls, Juno, has intentionally put them in an uncharted cave system. Yeah, she because uh, she was gonna take them to a, an easier cave system, and yeah. Holly, she kept overhearing holly talking about how it's a tourist trap and whatnot yeah uh, it's called borum caves right is what they were supposed to go to which is right. obviously interesting like it's already like bore them caves yeah but then holly makes a joke and she says borum caves more like boredom caves and it's like it's like a double joke you're <laughs> it's kind of right there already the actually um now, so do you think that she really changed her mind about the cave system because of holly or did you I just kind of got the impression that Juno is just extremely self-centered all the time. She is self-centered. That's for sure. To do I, Juno I, stuff. I think she wanted to impress Holly, but she yeah. did say that she, like she already had that cave system in her mind. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously like she didn't just find it that day. <laughs> right. So like she, she must've read about it and she was like, okay, we could go there, I guess. Right. Name it after she at one point says we could name it after Sarah. Right. Yeah. Right. And then Sarah says, probably want to name it after name yourself. yourself yeah yeah so yeah she's supposed to be self-centered and she like you know she's a badass in this but she's also yeah. obviously out for herself and while they're down there in the caves like they experience like a cave-in and stuff gets cut off and then they start encountering weird albino blind mm-hmm. monsters and stuff that are that are killing them in these caves and everything i would say that's kind of the basic summary of the plot but i think that this movie takes inspiration from a lot of different movies and genres yeah. and so on. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, um, Neil Marshall, he uh, he mentioned specifically Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. The Thing. Right. The Deliverance. Kind of aspect. Okay, yeah. Giallo films, particular Argent, uh, Argento and Fulton. Yeah, I can see all of that, yeah, actually. Now too. that you mentioned those yeah. particular things, I can definitely see all of that. It really... It, I think it's heavy on Giallo, like, I lighting totally and things, and yep. then the way that the story progresses, just sort of... Dude, and even a lot of the a lot of the acting and stuff, like, yeah. a lot of the candid acting stuff, like, yeah. towards the first part of the movie where they're hanging out at the cavern. Yeah. Uh, or just, like, yeah, just going into the caves and stuff like that, like... The way a lot of the dialogue is delivered kind of has that like halfway stilted ADR yeah. feel that it a does. lot of those Italian flicks do, where it's like the rhythm of the talking isn't mm-hmm. really exactly how people do it. Yeah, and there's a dreaminess to everything yeah. that happens, and very after thick, the... bright red blood. Yeah, at times that's true. Oh, and also glass gets broken. Yeah. That's a yeah, big thing dude. in Giallo Argento movies. Argento loves about a breaking glass. He loves to break all glass. The time, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, I definitely got that. And also, too, like a lot of the um, extremely stylized lighting that we see yeah. in the flick and the cinematography, which is a feature we'll talk about too. But yeah. like most of the movie is either like headlamp light or bright red flare yeah. light or, or bright green fla- uh what do they call this like glow stick glow stick yeah and the using the the red and the green particularly reminds me of Suspiria because that is it, how the too. lighting works yep 
And those two particular colors are some of the nastiest for your brain to process together. Yeah. Like your brain really has a hard time seeing green and red yeah, together and they, like that. It's easy with the lighting to make it so that uh, one thing can be in red and green light mm-hmm. and it gives you two different views of it, which is hard for your brain to process. Yeah. And that, that I mean, that's really a big part of, especially Argento Giallo is like, he likes to play with those fucked up perceptions and the yep. way that color plays with Absolutely, your brain. Absolutely, yeah. man. We talked about that in like their Suspiria episode where it's like that random shot. Remember where it's like all green, Uh huh. like from the light bulbs perspective. Yeah. And shit, but so it's, like, weird. it's just to fuck with your head. Yeah. Just also, straight. this is neither here nor there, but I've been hearing some stuff that like they showed like fucking a little clip of the new Suspiria remake. Oh yeah. And that it's gruesome as all fuck. Well, it's made by the dude who did Call Me By Your Name. Call Me By Your Name. I think Kate watched that recently. Mm-hmm. I didn't I, see it though. I haven't seen it. Um I hope that it's sick. I believe it will be. I I I mean I I think it's the type of kitsch that Giallo would embrace where yeah. you you're remaking a movie that's considered one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Right. Like it, you have to embrace that though. You have to embrace that kitsch factor and then also remember that you're making a Giallo movie. <laughs> like right. so I don't know. I, I think he could maybe pull it off but I hope he does man yeah I mean I'd love to see a good horror movie so I will maintain so. Jocelyn Donahue should have been cast as the lead yeah There's yeah. not a they, doubt in my mind they got what's her name um, Fifty Shades of Grey Fifty Shades of Grey whatever her name is yeah she's, I, who is, she's very pretty and she's she's very good in a lot yeah. of stuff uh, but, but Jocelyn Donahue Jocelyn Donahue would be perfect yeah. she's, she's got that like really thin frame like a ballet dancer and she mm. even kind of looks like Susie Yeah, Bandy she did. looks so much I mean, like, dude, it's like I'm wearing a Suspiria shirt like uh-huh. right now. Looks just like Dawson Donahue yeah, right there. Yeah, it's like that's what you fucking want in that movie. Anyway, back to The Descent. So The Descent. So yeah, um, you also you also get um, particularly when the two sisters get separated yeah, yeah. and they're in one area with the green glow stick. Yeah. You get what uh, we saw in Suspiria when the girl, her roommate, was running through the different hallways and oh, it kept changing yeah. perspective. It's tight. It keeps doing that with the cave. Like you keep getting a different angle and a different, like, slight Dutch angle with it, too. Tons so, like, of Dutch angles. Yeah. Yes. E- each time you see it, it's still like you feel lost. You're like, you can't yep. get a real grasp Dude, on what the cave looks like. And that's something that I really, really did think this movie was very, very good at. It's like, I'm really picky myself about those disorienting like shaky uh like hand cam yeah yeah moments like i remember in particular like this i think maybe like, like the second or third like born movie uh-huh lots of the third one was almost impossible to watch i feel like dude yeah. right yeah because like, it was just shaking i know like i know time. tons of people were nuts about that movie because it was all like handy cam and stuff and uh-huh. it's like no it i i c- literally couldn't tell what the fuck was going on <laughs> and it hurt the movie uh, so I'm very particular about handheld camera and stuff, but I feel like throughout this movie, especially during some of the fight scenes, yeah, um, between like our our uh, spelunkers uh-huh. and the creatures, which we'll talk about here too, 
man, like whenever like a creature would jump out and the camera angles would be like all crazy and fucked up uh-huh. and it'd be upside down and it'd be right side up and it'd be sideways. Like I really thought that it did such a great job yeah. of conveying to you how disorienting it would be uh, to be in that situation. And because of it, like so many of the shots, they just use the light from the headlamps and yeah. the, the flares and the, the glow sticks or whatever. It's already so disorienting. You can only see uh, the front half of one person and the back half of the other person yeah. fighting. Yeah. And and you get what's happening, but it's still hard to fully grasp yep. exactly and, and what's happening. that would be what it would be like to be there down in, in a the fucking dark. cave. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, There's a movie really takes you through it. Like, oh, where, yeah. Where A Quiet Place does that, you know, you feel like you need to be quiet. Yeah. It, throughout the descent, especially, I, I know you have problems with enclosed spaces. My wife has problems oh, with enclosed spaces. yeah. There's a lot, for my wife, there was a lot of, like, leg grabbing and oh, hand yeah. squeezing. Totally. When they would go through really tight spots. Just, um, you know, to me, as somebody, I, I like caving. I like stuff like that. Fuck all that. It looks fun, but, like, I get how... It affects other people because they're specifically when she gets stuck under that real narrow passage and then the rock starts loosening. Mm-hmm. Like that's got to be devastating, right? <laughs> like- Dude, I I I am also in that like you said kind of claustrophobic yeah. kind of way where it's like I don't know, man. It's like I don't freak out in like elevators or anything uh-huh. like that. Like I'm not like that claustrophobic, but it's like if I'm in a scenario where I can't move, yeah. Like, I remember, like, my brother used to, like, wrap me up, you know, when we were like, kids and uh-huh. stuff. He used to, like, wrap me up in, like, rugs or, like, mm-hmm. roll me up in a blanket or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, I couldn't move, and I would just fucking freak out right yeah. away. Like, that that scene in the movie where Sarah is going through that really narrow tunnel, uh-huh. and she freaks out and she can't move right before yeah. the cave in, I was like, oh, yeah, that's fucking me. Like, yeah. I can't tell you, man. Like, my, my, my notes that I made for the movie have so many just like nope nope <laughs> nope nope like so many <laughs> nopes all over my notes where it's Not just like interested. no dude i would i would never do that in a million years like the the idea of like going into a cave going underneath the earth mm-hmm. and crawling around to little tight spaces where nobody knows where i am and there's no chance i could communicate to anybody to let them know i'm in trouble uh-huh. fuck all of that like you could <laughs> you could not Pay me enough to get me to do that. There's no fucking way. Absolutely not. And I'm, I, I'll do I'm mortified it of that for shit. a laugh. Dude, for the lols? Uh-huh. No way, man. Oh, by the way, just real quick, because everybody, of course, has a different accent. Yeah. Uh, Beth says the most British thing I, I think I've heard in a long time. Piece of piss. Piece of piss. <laughs> I'm glad you wanted that. Which I have that down in my notes. piece of cake. Right. How? How? <laughs> our British, listen, our, our, yeah, our dead, dead lobster listeners, please write us in and explain to us how you can have a piece of piss, of piss which is a liquid. Piece of piss. Piece of piss. She says it several times. Yeah, it's cute. That's so funny you pointed that out. I wrote that down, like right here, piece, yeah, of, piece of piss. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean, man? <laughs> to a bunch of yanks like us, it means nothing. It means not a damn thing, but it was real funny. The sense of claustrophobia in the movie is is absolutely fantastic. And it's cool, too, because a couple of weeks ago, 
Um, I watched As Above, So Below. Okay. Um, That's in the catacombs. Yeah, it's in those catacombs under France and stuff. And it was like kind of claustrophobic. Uh-huh. Had a few moments that were pretty sick. It's nothing compared to this, though. No, yeah. The sense of like claustrophobia in this movie really is, uh, if you're again in that way like I mm. am, it made me so uncomfortable. Like this, then there's many other parts of the movie too that made me extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. To watch, I really do think, and especially too, like the way that this movie uses uh, negative space. Yeah. Where, like, there are so many shots in this movie where, I mean, seriously, like... It's just, like, a, a black single light source and yeah. black. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's so many shots where I would I would seriously say, like, 90% of the frame is black. Yep. Just black. Mm-hmm. And it's like you said, you're seeing rocks and maybe a silhouette of a figure illuminated by a headlight. Yeah. It's really, really, really interesting. That's a very, very, very gutsy move. Mm-hmm. To see, it's like they could have shot, and, and there's some like night vision or like infrared shots in this movie. Uh-huh. But it's like they could have done the whole like found footage thing and shown the whole thing as yeah. Oh, she's wearing a body camera and infrared, and it's all yeah. green the whole movie. I love the fact that so much of the movie, um, there's so many shots that honestly, it's like it took me a few seconds for my brain to figure out what I was looking at. Yeah, you do have to keep adjusting to it. But that's like, what it would be like to be under there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially if you're under there for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And I you're, think... you're seeing all that shit and you're seeing just blackness and darkness in the same landscapes. It's just rocks over yeah. and over and over. You do probably start to get disoriented and you're like, what, the, what am I looking at? Yeah, was that, you, a, was that a figure? Was that a rock? Like what the north, fuck was that? South, east, west, none of that it's makes gone. sense at yeah. that point. Like you're just under rock. Yep. And I thought that again, that use of negative space in the movie, I thought was really gutsy yeah. and really sick. The movie, the movie looks awesome. Yeah. Cinematography I, wise, it's fucking incredible. Now, let's just talk a little bit then about what it also does masterfully. Okay. Which is misdirect. Now, okay. I don't love misdirection in a horror movie, but that's when it's about the exposition. Uh-huh. When the exposition that we get is false, and then later we find out, oh, you big dummy, you oh. believed that shit we said? Well, You're this, wrong, right. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. does a, a different type of misdirect, which is a misdirect on scares. The early scares are jump scares. Yeah. And so you get the perception that, oh, this is going to be a fucking jump scare movie. Yeah. It's not. No. It's, it quickly devolves from jump scares into fucking gore. And oh then my just God, insanity. Yeah, yeah like, it's true. It does kind of roll through a different variety of scares rather yeah. than relying on the same kind of thing over like if it was all about claustrophobia yeah or whatever but, but all of that stuff just slowly fades up into the background yeah when it becomes sarah versus uh uh juno yeah when it becomes, and even sarah versus herself and even sarah versus herself yeah like and and that's cool too because like i feel like even well apparently like the the working title of the movie was like crawl space or something like that. oh okay but i love the title the descent because yeah i think that it speaks in so many ways where it's like yeah they're descending into a cave obviously yeah but it's also about the descent into 
madness, the yeah. descent into being burdened by your own life experiences. Yes, that's really what this is about, is that Sarah's going through, still dealing with yeah. the death of her husband and her child. She's having these hallucinations where she hears her child laughing. Yeah, and she's distance. taking medications and stuff. It's like, we never find out, like... Uh, okay, because that's the thing. Throughout the movie, she keeps, like, hearing... Her dead daughter giggling, and uh-huh. she keeps having these visions of like her daughter with a birthday cake, yeah, uh, in the in this like darkness, just candlelit and stuff. Mm. And it's like, is what she's seeing? Okay, that that that's the thing that I want to talk about here too. All these visions that she's seeing, and all these auditory hallucinations she's having, uh-huh. which obviously nobody else is hearing. Yeah, it's not like the cave is haunted, and there's ghosts and other people hearing. It's just her hearing her daughter laughing and stuff. Yeah, is that? She lost her fucking mind after her, you know, daughter and husband died on the same day. Yeah. Is that she's been in the cave too long? Her mind's going loose. Uh-huh. Is that a side effect of those medications we see her taking? Like, so I mean, the first time she it? hears her daughter giggles is in the cabin. Yeah. But it's yeah, a dream. Right. Right. So yeah, it seems and like she this the, is persistent. She has a dream with like the pipe like going through her eye and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems like this is a persistent thing in her mind where she keeps like certain sounds will sound like her daughter. I get that. That's it's a sort of gestalt effect where like a lot of times if you just hear like a bunch of sort of uh people gibberishing in the background, you'll hear your name. Oh, right, right, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she hears these things and she interprets them as her daughter giggling because that's the thing that she's gotcha. most uh, focused Attuned on. Attuned to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like, I I like that this is about her, her descent into her deepest, darkest self where she, she learns that her best friend was cheating or was having sex with her husband. Right. Uh, her best friend kills her sister. Yeah. Uh, on accident. I'm totally on Juno's side there. She was. She just fought off two th- creatures that were trying to kill her. Yeah. And then Beth comes up quietly and taps her on the shoulder. I'd be like, I'm over here now. Not Don't a creature. Me. <laughs> Maybe. I realize you were probably adrenaline rushed out of your fucking mind. This is an intense time. I'm over here. Not I might time say. for me to quietly walk up and be like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> oh, I just got stabbed. Yeah. So I, I don't blame Juno for that. But I do True. see that, like, what happens is that Sarah starts to see that uh, she starts to see Juno as, like, the, the thing that will. Uh, end all of this like if she can get rid of juno she gets rid of all this and, yeah and she because she's basically okay. mad she's gone crazy and and again that that's a uh that is a theme that i, I want to talk about later too yeah about, about the movie as well as yeah in terms of like the interpretations of yeah of what this exactly well and that that'll all depend on which ending you accept as canon because there are it two could. yeah it could and again it's like even playing off the off the title of the movie i think that there's a lot of different interpretations yeah. that, that you could see about it. Yeah, for sure. It's really interesting. Um, I think like one of the things that has to really be discussed is the gore, the the effect. My God, man! I mean, the fact that most of it is in the dark helps. We've talked about that before. Where yeah, man. with a lot of Savini's stuff, where like you just get the quick flash of it and it looks perfect 
enough in that moment. Yeah. Like, it just needs to look perfect enough in that darkness. Your perfect. brain fills in the gaps. Yeah. So yeah. You, you get great stuff like the leg break scene. Oh my which god! Is that scene visceral. where Holly falls down yeah. that shoot. Also, Holly is Tonks from Harry Potter. She really is. She's she's over eager. <laughs> not literally, and, but yeah, but she is. She's very eager, but also like yeah, piss off. Type. Yeah, yeah, and short haired, punky, short haired, punky, British, yeah. British. Dude, well, that she's scene, Irish. Yeah, dude, that scene where she falls down that shoot and her leg breaks and you see the bone like jutting out of her pant leg yeah and then dude it's like that's bad enough but then the scene where they're like setting her leg uh-huh and fucking homegirl like god damn dude she grabs the bone uh-huh. to she, try to shove it back oh, in. dude like the, the 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 notion of that of like mm-hmm. like dude it's like you're one of my best friends and it's like if yeah. you had a bone jutting out of you the you thought, probably couldn't look at me <laughs> Dude, it's like the thought of like grabbing one of your bones. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Women are hardcore, dude. Yeah. yeah. Women are hardcore. Well, you, yeah. You got to deal with your body a lot more. Holy shit, dude. That scene where they're like setting that bone and she's like, I fucking hate you right now. Yeah. It's so perfect. Because oh, like. It's so real, dude. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think that is an interesting uh, aspect, too, that, that this we're dealing with women here. Uh with women women do have to deal with uh their periods every month they have oh, of to course, be yeah. m- they have to be more focused on what's going on with their body we all should as men i mean that's why we die young is because we don't take care of our bodies or well, think about them but and notwithstanding fucking giving birth and yeah women are way more hardcore than men i don't know and that's why it's perfect to have women in this movie like to have yeah. six women oh, instead damn, of six dude. dudes because if it was six dudes You'd, uh, I, I mean, I, I guarantee this isn't not isn't what would happen necessarily in real life, but in a movie, six dudes, they're all gonna be swinging their dicks after the cave collapses. Oh, it, and they're it, all gonna be fighting and like yelling at each yeah, other. it would be bra. Pred- it would be you predator. didn't bring the book, bra. It'd be Predator Underground. Yeah, it'd be Predator Underground, one hundred percent. Which maybe that would be sick. Okay, yeah, I'd it watch might pre- be. Okay, sick. I'd watch I would Predator totally Underground. Watch that. <laughs> <laughs> but it does add a different element to this movie because I, I I do think that these I do think the women are just so more matter of fact and yeah. dealing with his shit. Well, yeah, it and goes. it's team it's like teamwork. I mean, again, yeah. uh, your wife mentioned this, and and I agree with her that this is obviously uh, a movie written by a man yeah. trying to imitate girl power because like a lot of what they say and do is just like that's okay. That's not how a woman would deal with this. Right. Maybe you come across one particular, maybe you're trying to have a character like that, but honestly, it's like, it, it just seems a bit tone deaf at times. Though I, can I, see that. I do think, I think it's better than a lot though. Yeah. I think it's better than most. 100%. Like, yeah. I, I think that it would have been so easy for this movie to just descend into like, Oh, ladies weekend. Maybe they take showers together. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like, absolutely. It could have been just uh, let's all take our uh, shirts off and yeah. tickle each other. How about like, topless cave dive? Like it would have been so easy for this to descend down into uh-huh. just like fucking really, really cheesy, sexy stuff. This yeah. movie never really plays the sexy angle. I think, even though it's full of pretty ladies, and it's oh yeah, 100%. directed by a man. Yeah, it's true, but it, cool. it never gets it. Like, there's no focus on body parts or no. anything like that. Like, you see women doing the same thing that men do in action movies. 
Yeah. Like, and, and yeah, there's totally. no, like, there's uh, there's also no moment that you see in poorly written action movies that are supposed to be girl power where the girls are like, yeah, we're all badass. Like, they're there's just never that normal. Charlie's Angels pose. Yeah, they're just normal. They, they are women who know what they're doing in a cave. Yeah, they never draw a fact to the attention like, and can you believe it? There's oh. not a penis here. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I think would have helped is if when they get together and have their their fun time at the cabin. Yeah. Uh, less boy talk. <laughs> yeah. Women don't all get together and talk about boys. Yeah, that seems Just, like a little like, I, I wonder what men think women talk about. Probably yeah. boys. Probably boys. Just boys. Yeah. And also that's the subplot between Juno and Sarah where Juno was sleeping with her husband. Seems yeah. Meh. Like, doesn't all, need, necessarily need to be there. There might be a little bit of like subtext to that that, uh-huh. I, that I think is important, especially when you look at Sarah's descent into just becoming more and more like hardcore and monstrous and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit later, but I think that that's more like subtext than anything. But it's like if you're looking at that element of as far as like, yeah, Gino is fucking Sarah's husband or whatever. Yeah. That element is pretty shallowly developed. It is. And even the fact that like here Juno is wearing this like necklace on the trip yeah that sarah's dead husband gave her like yeah that's pretty fucking ballsy girl it is but that's the thing i think is good in some sense about juno's character yeah that again you're saying it doesn't get developed enough is that juno's character is going she lost the man she loved too i mean you she says we all lost something in that yeah it's real easy to have the moral high ground and say like well yeah you're having sex with somebody else's husband yeah okay sure but that doesn't mean emotionally she wasn't connected to him. Right. And he was the married one. And honestly... Not her. Like, He's the one responsible for maintaining his marriage, not yeah. her. And you know, the thing is, too, though, is like, while you watch this movie, it's really easy to get sentimental and be like, oh, poor Sarah, she lost her husband and her kid and yeah. stuff. And it's like, obviously, the kid plays into it a lot. Yeah, the husband doesn't. Yeah, she actually never seems like that. Like, Broken up about Oh, it. my poor fucking dead husband. Yeah. Um, like we actually never learn anything about their marriage other no. than like, even like when he picks her up at the first of the movie, he seems like kind of like, Oh, she's doing this action adventure shit again. Like, yeah, I never really get that. They are like the tightest or anything like that. I wish we could just stay at home and I could fuck her friend. But here's the thing though, is like, I think that that's, that's kind of a part of the movie is that whenever you go through some shit, like what she went through, your first instinct as a human is to find that scapegoat and find yeah. the other human to be angry at. Yeah. To um, blame this shit on. Yeah. And even later on in the movie, again, spoilers, obviously, fucking Sarah, like, critically wounds Juno yeah. to fuck her over. Yeah. Because she was fucking Sarah's husband and stuff. And I even think that the fact that the monsters in the movie are literally blind. Yeah. I think that that is a huge element of subtext, this movie where it's like, when you've been through some shit like this, you are literally blind to what caused it or anything like that. Like you're just out to exact revenge or to place blame on whoever you can to make yourself feel better about it. It's like, I think that whenever you go through some shit like that, you yourself become 
blind yeah as the monsters in the movie are does that make sense it does and that actually would explain maybe why she doesn't seem to have that connection with her husband exactly because he actually was responsible for that car yeah obviously he's like the car's like halfway in the other lane when they get in that accident he's the one driving he's just not paying attention and it's like it might even be it might even be because his mind was on like i've got to tell him fucking juno or whatever yeah yeah so like it makes sense that the one that she would think most about would be her daughter because her daughter's innocent is is like situations like that it's like dude you can't just put the blame on juno for her marriage for sarah's marriage like being fucked up it's like sarah's husband whatever his name is brian or something uh i can't remember patrick maybe some irish type name (laughs) (laughs) patrick spelled (laughs) p-a-d-r-a-g patrick (laughs) o'brien patrick (laughs) o'haggis but it's like you know, it's like, it's really easy just to, again, go blind and shift the blame on like, well, fuck you for fucking my husband. And it's completely ignoring, oh yeah, my husband fucked you. Yeah, that is, yeah. Blindness, you know what but I'm saying? But it's, I, you know, he's dead. It's hard to, you, you can't, can't get take, mad at him. Yeah, you can't take your rage out on him. You can take it out on her. But I think that that's part of this. I think that that's really part of the subtext of this movie is that those kinds of experiences can leave you Yeah, monsters. Blind. And monsters. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, yeah. I I think that's that's what I saw this as at the end, which is why I think, and, uh, you know, we'll get back into the rest of the movie a little bit. The reason why I like the ending where she gets away and that's the end. Yes. Is that that's not a happy ending. Mm -hmm. Like, I get that people like the other ending where she seems to be getting away, but actually she's hallucinating and she's still in the cave. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. It's, it seems like a bleaker ending, but to me, it's very bleak that she gets away. Cause one, she's not right. She's not just, she is a monster. Right. Yes, exactly. Like in the end, she's like, she is the monster escaping the cave into the world. Yep. And also I think there should have been, there should have been another edit on the ending where they just cut out the part where she sees Juno in the car. That was kind of corny. Yeah. I think that that kind of like really um, degrades the amount of impact of like yeah. her. She's remorseful for her, the loss of her daughter uh-huh. and so on. Yeah. Like she wouldn't in, in her, in her monstrous transformative state. Yeah. She wouldn't regret killing Juno. No. And she didn't really kill Juno. She just fucked her over. She really did. But she didn't have to. No. Huh? They could have gotten away together, probably. Totally, absolutely so. Been like, man, that was crazy. So you fucked my husband, huh? Right. So I he fucked to you, too. I to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not happy with this. Yeah. Yeah, the, the ending, though, like, I think if it had just ended with her, like, driving fast down the road, just like, you know, manic sort of... Uh, exactly like the end of texas chainsaw Chainsaw, that's the ending i would think you would want to go with like because it you get so many texas chainsaw massacre shots she looks like oh dude uh, sally sally so much like like a mix of sally and carrie yeah after she had she has that apocalypse now scene where she rises up out of that gore pit Dude, Which that is, fucking gore pit is disgusting. So it's like phenomena. I immediately thought I when know, she falls right? in it, it's like in phenomena. Absolutely. So, so. again, a giallo connection, connection yep. to you know other films. Totally. She, when she's covered in blood, looks like Sally. When she's escaping, she looks like Sally. Yeah. She's like, 
manic reaction at the end like Sally. It's fucking perfect. It would have been a great ending to just have her like, ah, like you know, totally, getting away. yeah. Um, but I, I, I think both endings are valid. I like the bleak ending of no, she didn't escape the cave. I like that, dude. Like that, yeah. That's the thing about this movie, y'all, is that. There is a American ending and a the, elsewhere ending. Yeah, the the international ending was the she's still in the cave, which I th- I yeah. think is way sick. Yeah, and it's actually kind of like both endings, really. Because yeah. so in the American version, yeah, she's she escapes from the cave. And P.S. Kate pointed out, like, did you notice whenever like her hands, like, um, whenever she's like crawling up that huge like pile of bones, uh-huh. which is such a sick. Yeah, that's shot. a great shot. Yeah. Just the shot of the, the sun over all those bones. Dude. Just a pile of bones. Well, and also, too, just the whole analogy. It's mostly black. Yeah. yeah. And, and just the whole analogy of she is crawling over death. Yeah. That's sick. To escape. Exactly. To life. That's way sick. To be reborn from the womb of the cave. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And whenever she, like, crawls up that pile of bones and, like, sticks her arms out, it looks exactly like the OG Evil Dead poster. Oh, shit. Okay. That's what I said. Like she's like, "Oh, it looks like Evil Dead." And I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> Even like the angle, how it's like at that yeah, Dutch angle, that yeah, diagonal exactly. thing. Uh-huh. It's just those two like bloody hands sticking out. It yeah. looks just like the Evil Dead poster, which you know is intentional. I yeah, it's absolutely yeah. Like it's obvious that uh, Neil Marshall knows his horror movies and oh, knows what he was doing. He he also directed a movie before this called Dog Soldiers, which I've oh, never Dog seen. Oh, Dog Soldiers is sick. Is he it? did that okay. too. Yeah, he did that. He's also Dude. directing the the new Hellboy with David Harbour. Really? Yeah, which, I mean, I like the old Hellboys just fine, yeah. but they're a little wacky. Yeah, totally. Uh, maybe something be. a bit darker. That'd be nice. So, in the original ending, she crawls out of the cave, uh-huh. and she gets to the car, and she's driving off, and she basically sees the ghost or whatever of Juno in the yeah. passenger seat. Which is supposed to obviously represent that she's carrying guilt over from doing that, I yeah. guess. But it's like, it's also supposed to just be a jump scare at the end. For yeah, no I know, reason. like a carry scare. Yeah. Which to me is, again, it kind of lessens like the impact of the whole like remorse over her familial loss and stuff. Like, it does. I, I think it kind of waters that stuff down. It does, it does. And like, I, the thing is though that like the ending of this it is it is that for me her escaping because like i see it as this is a her entering the womb and being reborn as this new person who has left behind all these old things all right. of her old friends all of this old baggage it's all gone she's this new person right she was baptized in the gore pit totally and she comes yeah, out yeah she became a new person she right comes there. out totally. a new person yeah so like she kill they she goes through the representation basically of her family dying by killing a child crawler, yeah. the mother crawler, and then the father. She kills an entire family right in a row brutally. That is a point that you pointed out earlier that I really had not thought about before. Yeah. And that's cool too, because you get to see uh I think that that, that kind of goes back to that show me don't tell me element yeah. that we talked about where it's like it shows us elements of the the life cycles of these creatures there's males females children mm-hmm. there's there are different ones there's one that uh, is even listed in the credits as scar i i think it really yeah i think it must have been That's one of the I, early ones you see huh but it shows us those elements and yeah it's kind of cool it's like it it's kind of showing her 
well, I lost my family, so I'm going to fucking kill your family. Mm -hmm. Maybe that'll make it better. Yeah. I think this movie shows a lot about exacting revenge as a way of catharsis. Mm -hmm. And it's like, maybe that doesn't fucking work. Maybe it doesn't. But because especially with the secondary, the international ending, where, again, we we see her fall down that shaft, Mm -hmm. and then we see her crawl up the mountain of bones, drive Mm -hmm. off. She sees Juno's ghost. And then she's back in the cave. Yeah, but then she wakes up. It's like, that was just a fucking dream she had after she fell yeah. and was knocked unconscious. And then we see that that scene, we've seen the whole movie of her daughter with the birthday cake yeah. lighting up that dark cavern. And then the camera pans over to Sarah and she's staring forward very intently. Then the camera pans out and we see it's just actually her looking over her own torchlight in the yeah. darkness. I think that is so fucking nihilistic and fucking. It is. It's bleak. really bleak. And it and it also too just shows you, oh, she's mentally just shattered. Yeah. She's just destroyed at this mm-hmm. point. Like she will never get over this. And also too, it shows you that even though that she exacted revenge in the form of killing a family, mm-hmm. even though she exacted revenge in the form of killing the person that was fucking your husband. Yeah. She is still haunted by her shit. Yeah. Like, I I think that is so fucking bleak and heavy. And it's like, I really think one of the most important lines in the whole movie is early on, like, even before the monsters and stuff, whenever Sarah's crawling through that tunnel and she can't breathe and Uh she's freaking out. And I think it's like Beth, the teacher lady comes up. Or is it Becca? Yeah, Beth is her sister. Yeah. Okay. With the darker hair. That's her sister? Yeah. Yeah, which makes no sense. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, or maybe they're just friends, but I think there's... I'm not positive. I mean, the two blondes are The like two sisters. blondes are sisters, yeah. I didn't catch... Well, either way, like, she she comes up to her and she's like, you've already been through the worst yeah. thing in your life. And I think that that's, that's really an interesting part about this movie, too. And you can take it a lot of different ways where it's like, after you've been through the worst shit you can go through... Mm-hmm. It's almost kind of inspirational in a way, where it's like, sure, after you've been through the fucking worst shit in the world, yeah. Fight well, Club. Everything else, yeah, everything else in there is fucking gravy. Yeah, you've had your fucking throat cut open by a yeah. bum a month after my fiance dumped. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's like I, I can't speak for your experience, but I yeah. imagine after that, probably everything else is pretty easy. It was everything suddenly came into focus for me. <laughs> everything really did. It was just like you know what? God damn it! Like life is short. Yeah, people aren't always there for you. You gotta just hey, hold on to the people that matter and let go of the bullshit. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I stopped being Mormon. There so, you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, that magic underwear didn't protect. Magic underwear shit. didn't protect me. Strange. <laughs> man. I don't know why. What do you think about the design of the creatures? The creatures. Okay, so the creature design is great. The crawlers. Uh, they they look like uh, uh, creepy golem. Like, they kind of look like Gollum meets like Bat Boy from the tabloids. Yes. Uh huh. You remember Bat Boy? Bat Boy. Of course I do. From from the Weekly World News. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the design looks great. And like, yeah. again, because you get to use so much dark, you can hide a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, CGI is always going to fail at a certain point. In fact, there are two uh, elements of CGI in this and they're both when they're spelunking down and yeah. they look up. 
because they're actually in a studio with a green screen above them. Right. Uh, the bats flying up. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the bats were noticeable. Holly coming down. When she I comes down that. really fast, it just you can just tell you that tell. it's 2D behind her. I mean, that that was the thing about this movie is like other than the bats, and yeah. I didn't notice that shot that you're talking about is like it's pretty much all practical. Yeah, it's all practical after that, and the the thing is like people just have to come to terms with the fact that yeah, with CG you can make something look uh, you know pretty convincing. And light, like you can show it in the full light and it can be maybe convincing for a number of years. Yeah. But with practical effect, use a little bit of dark and quick cuts and shots. Yep. And it it's will always, always look, look great. That's exactly always. fucking right, man. Yeah. So, I mean, you take, this had a, a six and a half million dollar budget. Wow. You take that, you build, you know, these sets at Pinewood the Studios. The sets were incredible. Amazing sets. You really forget that you're watching something that is on a set. I mean, yeah. again, like, I just it, watched As Above, So Below, uh-huh. which was literally filmed in the catacombs. Yeah. And That brings were, its own complications, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But it's like, there were still parts in that that looked more fake than this. Yeah. And this was literally all fake. Yeah. It's so <laughs> strange, man. It is. Yeah. Um, you just it, have to have the eye for it, I think. Like absolutely. a lot of directors, yep. when they get horror movies, they're like, oh, well, this is a step to what I want to do. Yeah. And then there are directors that love horror movies. Yeah. So when they sit down to do a horror movie, they know, like, you want to go practical, you want to go dark, you yeah, want to totally. be able to use the lighting in the right way. Like, And I like the designs of the creatures. I like that they obviously studied a lot of creatures that live in caves uh-huh, yeah. or, or like sub-aquatic environments uh-huh. and stuff like angler fish mm-hmm. and these like blind fish and these yeah. blind creatures that live in caves that uh-huh. are like super milky pale with like transparent yeah, skin they never see the sun yeah exactly yeah. they have no reason to develop any yeah. resistance or anything like that um i do like those elements i like their milky white eyes yeah. and stuff too uh i would say Okay, two things about the creatures. Uh For one, I didn't really like their sound effects. Yeah, that didn't seem like something that could be made by a humanoid voice box. Yeah. Like, it seemed a bit too produced. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And and also, too, just wildly unpredictable, where it's like some scenes they were, like, chittering like the predator. Uh Uh-huh. And some scenes, like... Yeah, and some scenes squealing like pigs. Yeah. Some some scenes they sound like feral cats. Yeah, <laughs> it's like all those noises coming from one voice box. It's like I actually think that it probably would have been more fucked up if if they were just silent. Yes, that's actually what I was thinking. Is that there, the echolocation doesn't make any sense because we we gathered that for them to hunt they have to go outside of the cave. Yeah, so right. Because they're, they're bringing hunting, all these animals in like, there and stuff. Deer and shit that they had. In There's like the, a dog in there. Yeah, at some any point. of those things are gonna hear and be like, "What the fuck? Out of here! I'm out! Peace yeah. out!" <laughs> but like this, uh, yeah. There, there's some inconsistencies with the creatures. That's for sure. true, especially when you factor in that they apparently, as they point out, hunt outdoors and bring stuff in. Yeah. Yeah, what are they doing? They're out there hunting blind, getting sunburned in five minutes. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I would assume they could only really hunt at night. And right. anything they would be hunting, since they can't yeah. see it. It's like fucking bats and raccoons and fucking yeah. little possums. I mean, maybe there's a nearby farm they invade or something. I don't know. 
anyway, uh, yeah, so that that I, didn't. Work. I didn't like that element, and also too, I will say that like, I just think they full on showed the creatures too much. Yeah, even though it was in the darkness. Though the thing is, I did write down exactly when we finally see a, a crawler and know that there's something there. Because the first time we see one, it's just like a shadow. Yeah, and it's it real may vague. just be her going crazy. Right, yeah. Uh, Which is cool. I like that. Yeah. The second time we see it, we still don't see a full on creature, but we see the creature's shadow open its mouth and some like. Yeah, some goo comes out. That's it 47 minutes into the movie. Which is cool. Yeah, but then they show them constantly after that. Yeah, and it's like all the shots that they show where it's like a, um, a shot of just like the light hitting like their shoulders and the frame mm-hmm. of their heads and ears. It's like that's so much scarier than the shots where I actually get to see yeah. the creatures. Like I, I, I could probably do like a pretty accurate drawing from memory right now of what they looked like. <laughs> just because you saw them so I much. I saw them so much. <laughs> it's kind of like that Alien Covenant versus Alien thing where it's just yeah. like, man, dude, when you didn't really know what you're looking at, it it's was so, so much, much sicker. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. It's shiny and black. Ugh. Yeah, what? But when you know exactly what the thing haunting them in these caves is, it's like, okay, like that's... I've just seen it kind of too much. So. Yeah. And, and honestly, man, it's like, I'll put this out there, too. I think this movie could have been the bomb without any monsters in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This easily could have been uh, a movie where, like, like at Dude. a certain point before, I think, before the sisters get jumped by that one. Yeah. Which uh, is tight. Yeah. And, and that's a cool scene. And Juno comes in badass and saves them. Before that happens... It could easily be argued that Sarah was responsible for all this. That totally. Sarah had lost her mind and she was attacking her friend. Right. And it's like, dude, to me, it's like that could have been a pretty sick movie yeah, to be like, be. hey, sure. maybe you go down into a cave with this person who's like kind of crazy because their life has been really fucked up. Uh-huh. You get caved in with them and they start systematically going crazy and killing everybody, yeah. going nuts. And you're also in this hyper claustrophobic. Uh-huh. And like environment, like that could have been sick to me. Like yeah, oh, honestly, definitely. I don't really know that this movie needed monsters. It didn't have to have them. I do. I do like it though. I like the crawlers, yeah, and I like. I like the idea of these weird humanoid things in the, the cave deep. dwellers. Yeah, thing. cave and dwellers. I yeah. love that. Like they found like. That that climbing gear from like a hundred years ago. Yeah, and they shit. find an old miner like helmet. Arrows like pointing. And to they places. also find cave paintings, which I think are the most interesting thing in the goddamn world. Yeah, dude. And though, but though, I mean, those obviously don't resemble any cave paintings in right. this area. Yeah, they yeah, look yeah. Like those in Let's Spain go. and France. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, fucking still cool. Still cool. Cave paintings are awesome. Like the idea. It just makes you immediately be like, oh, cavemen weren't dumb. Yeah. Like, cavemen were, they were just us with less exposure. We've always been the same. We've always been the same. Yeah. But it's insane. Which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, fucking cool. Yeah, so I I really like that. I I liked all the set design. I thought it was all great. Yeah, Um, the set design was really beautiful. I don't know that there is anything about this movie that... Um... That I, that I would change necessarily. Okay. I think I like the creatures. I I know what you're saying about seeing them too much. I um 
I could see how it would be better. But once you see that there are a ton of them, that's where I start to, like, my mind starts going crazy with, mm-hmm. like, so there's just this whole civilization of these fucking weird creatures underground? Like, that's cool. Yeah, I like dude. that. So I don't know if there's anything in particular I would change much, except I, w- I would probably flesh out that subplot with the husband or cut it. Mm-hmm. Just either get rid of it or make it make more sense somehow. Right. Um, but I mean, I, I really like it. I love this movie. Honestly, it's so good. I like um, I like the American ending. I like the British ending. I, I like them both, but I like the American ending more if it had cut right before she sees Juno. Yeah. If I it think, had just I cut that, there. That's kind of weird. I see boom. that as like a fucking producer studio yeah. choice where it's like, give him one last one at the end. Yeah, just one more scare. Like fucking Elm Street. You gotta scare the kids. (laughs) They loves it. (laughs) Pull the mom through the through the through the door. Through the door. (laughs) So, um, Ben, what would you say? What are your final thoughts on this movie? I think that it's really fucking sick. Again, it was really far beyond what I recall it being. Yeah. Um, I like all these fucking hardcore women in this movie. Badasses for sure. I think in badass in the sense that it's like not overly wrought where it's like oh she's she looks angry so she's badass yeah These right just, they're just being bad they're doing badass shit and yeah. going about their regular day uh, yeah exactly and treating like it's normal shit it's yeah. not like i can't believe none of us are men and we're doing this <laughs> i can't believe none of our boyfriends oh, are here if only i had the upper body strength of a man yeah, i miss my husband <laughs> like it never turned and i mean it's like even like fucking sarah's like her husband's dead and she never really says like i miss yeah, my husband she misses her daughter i understand that i think that a lot of this movie is about like misdirected um rage and resentment yeah. and revenge towards bad things that happen to you in in life yeah and dealing with them ways uh dealing with them in ways that are probably shallow and short-sighted and escapism doesn't yeah exactly help exactly yeah Yeah, because again it kind of goes back to what i said it's like she fucking killed juno basically at the end of the movie Uh in the international version she is still just thinking about her fucking daughter and stuff and it's like it doesn't help um i think that that is really really cool i think that's a really cool element especially when you again tie in the blindness element of the monsters and so on and how a lot of us are blind, seeking revenge for what we feel like we've been wronged with in life. Um, I think that that's really, really, really cool. I do wish that the the characters had been fleshed out a little bit more. Uh-huh. I'm not really sure how you could have like wedged that into the movie. Yeah, it would have been too exposition-y, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, right? Where it's just like, hey, you, you're the doctor. Remember when you put that one guy's leg in a splint? It's oh, like, boy. Yeah, right? <laughs> it, it's that kind of thing where it's like, okay, it would have been kind of hard to wedge some exposition in there, but the characters are a little bit shallow, but mm-hmm. I feel like this is more of a plot-driven movie than a character-driven movie yeah. anyway. Um, I do think the monsters are shown too much. I think that maybe even there couldn't have been monsters, mm-hmm. and that would have been fine. I do think that this movie made me feel more squeamish and claustrophobic <laughs> than, I mean, probably about anything that I can name. Yeah. Like, I can't really think of anything that I've watched recently that actually had me, like, squirming on the couch as much. Oh, what about that? Uh, have you ever seen that uh movie with uh deadpool where he's buried under the ground ryan reynolds 
Oh, fucking, uh, damn it, what is that called? I don't remember. Uh, Buried, I think it was called. Yeah, Buried. Like that. Yeah, that's it. It wasn't yeah. very good. No, it wasn't. It was better than I thought it would be, though. I guess, you know, though, like, it w- is it scarier to you to be wriggling around through a cave or to just be stuck in a tiny box? Right. It's hard to say. Yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah. I like this movie a lot. I thought that the cinematography was, was fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I thought that the gore was fantastic, man. Man, that scene where Juno kills, I think it's Beth, right? With the, mm-hmm. the axe to the neck. And then even that scene where Sarah finds her mm-hmm. and she is like just spewing up blood, yeah. and coughing and gasping and just dying slowly is so... So brutal, and even yeah. the scenes of like Sarah like killing the monsters by like shoving their eyes in and stuff. Oh yeah, she like, bites one of their throats out. Like, it's oh fucking dude, brutal. Yeah, she turns dude. into a beast. Like total beast. She mode. turns into them. Like the exact. Right. She does the same shit they were doing. Yeah. Right, and again, that's the point. Right. Yeah. Um, beautifully gory movie. Uh-huh. Really hard to watch stuff like mm-hmm. be- between that leg break and like dude the rope burn on the hands. Oh, oh gosh. shit, man! Yeah. I mean, of course, like my my hands are my literally my living. Yeah, you need those. Oh man, so seeing her like getting her hands all fucked up, and then later she has to like climb on them. Yeah. But then she gets like killed by that thing. Oh, that- she she gets uh, she's the one who gets dragged away, and one of her fingernails. Gets oh, ripped is that off. her too? Fuck! Yeah, she's all about hand destruction. Yeah, and Fuck. then they just start eating her while she's alive. Ugh. Well, who's the one that gets killed while she's like hanging up? Oh, that's her sister. The, that's the, the sister. doctor one. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. That's a sick scene too. That is like, a sick scene. It's like upside down. And it uh-huh. shows the crawler like crawling, but then uh-huh. it looks like the crawler's on the floor. Uh huh. Real sick. The gore is fantastic. That the acting. Here's the thing, like, a lot of the acting isn't necessarily great at times, but it reminds me of Giallo flicks. Yeah. And I I have just such a soft spot for that kind of thing, where it's like, it seems like they filmed it, and then they 80-yard it to match what their lips looked like they were saying Uh and shit, and I think that that's cool. Like, again, some of the acting and stuff is kind of stilted, and the Uh rhythms of speech are kind of unnatural. Yeah. But I like that. It's like I can't help it. That's a stylistic. They move. probably would have to do the ADR considering the the construction of the set. Like could it, be it would probably fuck with the sound for sure. Yeah, and all that movement and yeah. stuff that they're doing too. So I really, I really dig it. And again, I really like that the movie is, is pretty open for interpretation yeah. about what it could actually be about. I mean, is it about resentment? Is it about after you've hit rock bottom, you can only go up? Yeah. You know, is it, well, what could it be about? I really enjoy those things, man. I really dug this movie so much more than I thought that it would, dude. That's like, great. I really think I want to hit this with like an 8 out of 10. Awesome. 8 out of 10, I think. Um, oh, also, soundtrack was dope. Oh, yeah. It was either like these like soft synth, like pad, uh-huh. wavy, very like 80s, like pl- really placid, but uh-huh. in a weird way sounding things. Or when shit was going crazy, it got more like some of the orchestral stabs in The Shining. Yeah. I just want to mention that. The soundtrack is fucking dope in this movie. It's so good. And also, there's a lot of parts with just no soundtrack. Yeah, a lot of it's, uh, you know, to get the atmosphere. Just yeah. quiet. Love it. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think this, it has a brutality and a goriness to it. 
yeah that i really like it also has that uh artistic take on that brutality and goriness i mean like the way that it's shot so often um it's i mean it doesn't look like a renaissance painting Mm -hmm. but the subject matter and use of light yeah reminds me of say a renaissance painting like a rembrandt yeah yeah um he also obviously like Neil Marshall obviously knows film very well. He's doing a great job in his shot, but even at the end, like there's, it seems to me an homage to kill bill mm. where you get the shots of, uh, you get the shot of Sarah's eyes, like close up. And then the shot, like this is right before she hits Juno in the leg with the, right there's the shots like they go back and forth to her face and Juno's it's very face. spaghetti west yeah and, very yeah. Spe- I expected to hear that sort of wow 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 yeah uh, and like it, it reminded me of Kill Bill I with see that. Uh, you know Beatrix and Oranishi like yeah, it reminded yeah. me specifically of that scene tight um I I really like like just the way everything progresses from you think you know what the scares are going to be mm-hmm. each moment it, it like changes like every single time you think you've got it nailed down like oh there's just going to be something around the corner here or whatever and like no you don't have it nailed down it, it goes from from jump scares to claustrophobia scare to gore Ugh. to just madness madness just, yeah i i love the that progression it's really fun and also too man i gotta mention that that first initial reveal that we get the first uh-huh. time we really see a crawler full body when uh-huh. it's in the infrared cam uh-huh. she's kind of like sweeping across all the characters and then suddenly it's like it's standing behind gino just looking like all fucked up yeah that's a great reveal. It really is. It's, it's real good. And then it like skitters off all uh-huh. crawling around and shit. Oh man. It's tight. There are a lot of shots. Cause like, you know, uh there are definitely composite shots where oh, yeah. right near the end, especially where she sees like all of them sort of coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh but just great shots all around the cave of you know, uh, crawlers on the ceilings, crawlers on the the, the walls, on the yeah. floor, like uh, it really makes they they feel almost insect like at yeah, a certain yeah, yeah. point. Yeah, um, but I really enjoyed this. Uh, everything good you said, I agree with. Um, I I really think this movie is one that um, I think benefits from looking back on it now because at the time it came out, uh, a movie called The Cave came out around then. Okay. Then there was a movie called The Ruins that was kind of oh, like... Oh, yeah, like, right. So it was around that time, like, it, it could easily just fade into the background or feel like it's just one of those throwaway movies. But right. this is a movie, I think, that, that has staying power and is really good. I I agree with you, man. This is, uh for me, it's an eight and a half. That's tight, man. Yeah. Really, really enjoyable. Thanks uh for all of our listeners. We've had you guys request this one. Oh, yeah. This one's been requested. For, for quite sure. a while yeah. now, actually. So I'm really glad that we got to go and revisit this. And you guys, please keep sending us suggestions of other flicks that you guys would like us to cover. Where can they find us and send us some flicks there, Steve? Well, you can uh, always find us at Dead Lovely Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Or you can uh, check out our Facebook group. Man, that thing's popping. That thing be popping. You guys are great. <laughs> Thanks everybody who contributes to our our Facebook Facebook group. It's a ton of fun it interacting really with you guys. A lot of fun. It may it makes uh it makes me actually go on Facebook. Right. Otherwise right, right. I would never. Dude. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, you can also email us at deadandlovelypod at gmail.com. Please do. Uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Ben Eller Guitars. Um, you can find me at Steven Spratling, Steven with a V, the only way to spell it. You guys be sure to write us a review on iTunes. really helps us out a ton, and it just takes you a moment of your life to do. Please rate and review our show on iTunes. really helps us out a ton. doesn't cost nothing, and it helps the host with the most out a lot. Now, Steve, next week... Uh-huh. On the show. Oh, man. It's going to be a special Mother's Day episode. Yeah. What do you know, propose we do? I think when we're talking about mothers, we're talking about the Babadook. Hells yeah. <laughs> Tight, man. I, yeah. Listen, I I watched the Babadook a couple times already. Um, That kid in the Babadook. Is the worst. If you haven't seen it yet, just prepare yourself. He's the worst. It's the worst kid. And he will make you want to call your mom and apologize for being an asshole. Hey, sorry I was a kid once. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry <laughs> I was once a shithead. So I think it'll be perfect for Mother's Day. Tune into our episode next week. We'll be talking about the Baba Duke. You guys have been absolutely goddamn fantastic. We have been dead and lovely. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And hey, Steve, listen. I, I am. Want, I want to leave you with one more thing, and our listeners with one more oh, thing. Oh, no. Because I don't want you to ever say I didn't teach you nothing. Okay. Stalagmites versus stalactites. Oh, uh, stalactites, they say tight to the ceiling. Okay. See, I remember it as they have to hang on tight. Uh-huh. Because they're dangling from the ceiling. Hang yeah. on tight. If you're on the floor, you don't have to hang on tight to nothing. No, you might. Maybe. <laughs> so there you go. Fuck you. You learned something. Boing, boing, boing.